The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor. They call me Tony Dunn, and I'm here with the crew on the C3 Panthers podcast. It's Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, right on the dot. We're starting ready, fired up for a new season of the C3 Panthers podcast. We're hitting season number eight. It's episode number two of the season, and tonight's show is Careful Stepper Tepper. I think that's it. We can revise it if you guys like. We're going to be talking about the recent comments from David Tepper about Cam Newton and how they've got us all kind of shook and uh, kind of puzzled. Each week we swing back and forth like a pendulum based on the future of the Carolina Panthers and the direction of Cam- that they're going in regards to Cam Newton. And we're going to break it down for you tonight. You can be a part of the show by calling in to the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And you can talk with the crew. First up on the mic, Cody Lashney, my man, the man who's going to lose a bet to me, but he's the man with the master plan. How are you doing tonight? Well, Tony, we all know that whenever you and I have a disagreement, I'm normally always right. And the fans know that too, maybe. (laughs) But listen, man, there's never a moment in time when I don't love talking Panther football we're here year-round, off-season, season. It doesn't matter. We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers, and we have the most lit Panther fans on YouTube joining us every Tuesday, and they're joining us tonight. Nick Montadero, Susan Deans, Underground West, Trill One, John Kidco Barrera, Alex Stark, Brad Dugan, Tony Dunn. The whole crew is in the house. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The Bat Daddy, a.k.a. the Stat Daddy in the house. My man, how you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing well, dude. It's Tuesday. This is uh, the only thing to look forward to on Tuesdays. I'm off tomorrow, so I'm going to drink, talk some Panthers football, and uh, have a good time. Right on. Uh, Well, that's good news. I always like, I feel like this is every week I should ask Greg, have you been punched in the face this week? (laughs) By a crazy old man. No, he hasn't. He's healthy. He's good. And you can check out his podcast as well, the Super Civil Servants Podcast. You guys record on Fridays, drop on Mondays. And, Greg, speaking of superheroes, one of my favorite Reddit threads is Shower Thoughts. And one uh, one of the kind of ideas was, is I wonder if superheroes wear capes to hide the zipper of their onesie. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was funny. Obviously, people who love superheroes do not. And we've got CK in the house. My man, are you at home yet? No, I'm driving. But here's what I'll tell you. After a long day of working, uh, there's nothing more I love to do than unwind with my boys and actually enjoy the chat with those uh, listening live. But uh, 
you know, something we don't do enough. I'm going to shout out those people who can't be here live and are listening over the week. You know, I appreciate you guys as well. Uh, I was one of you for a while there. So, uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, smash the thumbs up button. Hit the little bell to be notified, particularly as Cody and CK embark in trying to figure out who will be the next Carolina Panther through the draft. I know these guys are going to be working up some stuff in the future. And I got to say, CK, I love talking to you on Tuesday nights, but don't call me uh, from work. Don't call you from work. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, listen. Uh, I get off okay. at nine technically, so we're good. Don't call me from work because that means that my, that my wife has yep. not paid the credit card bill. Um, and I am probably – maybe I should ice up myself tonight is I just choose to not look at my finances – because I'm like my, I just hope my wife is doing all right with it. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, just yeah. maybe, maybe if I forget about it, it'll go away. Just yeah, you're one of the stress. best consumers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I give my wife no. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. All right, guys. Uh, tonight's show um, is going to be. We're kind of going to be kicking it off like uh, off the fly, but let's go ahead and start with the top news. And that is, um, some reason, David Tepper was on the mic today, and I think it was because it had to do with the MLS um, announcements and the things they're doing with that. But, of course, when you own a football team, nobody cares about soccer. So what do they do? They ask about Cam Newton. Here's David Tepper uh, being asked about Cam Newton. Hopefully audio works just fine said again and again and again about his question of uh, how healthy he is foot and otherwise and that's still the number one uh, overwhelming thing to see how healthy he is and how we can figure out when he's healthy or not I don't hear anything. and you know oh you don't hear anything not. oh all right all right i forgot i tried. hold on i got it we'll go back possibility if he's available for trade and if so was that something that you'd be open for? Right. hold on hold on let's restart you're right i turned off the music earlier here we go this is David Tepper, hopefully. said again and again and again about his question of uh, how healthy he is foot and otherwise, and that's still the number one uh, overwhelming thing to see how healthy he is and how we can figure out when he's healthy or not. And, you know, everything comes from that. Dave, have other teams reached out inquiring about his trade possibility, if he's available for trade? And if so, was that something that you'd be open for? You know, I, I could ask Nicole. She answers the phone in our house, but, uh, no, I haven't heard about that, so... Cam said he absolutely would be back this year at the Super Bowl. Did you talk to Nicole? I'm just saying that Cam Cam's saying he'll absolutely. Who is asking this question? That's what I want to know. He was inspired by conversations with you and 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 Rule. Where do you stand? Will you think he'll be back? Listen, I'm not a doctor. You know, and I said it a million times. Is he is he healthy? And how does I mean? He's not a doctor, so you know, there's a lot of uh, different things can happen. But first is is he healthy? Tell me that, and then we can talk. You've made a lot of MLS. That's it, guys. All right. Uh, was that David Newton coming in there? That was indeed David Newton's stupid voice. Yeah. Hey, but how about this? Is uh, nice for David Newton for asking the tough question, right? I mean, he came back after Tepper because there is a need for clarification on that comment. And let me say this. We're not doctors. 
but we've got the prescription on the C3 Panthers podcast, and that is Cam Newton, folks. He is the prescription, the medicine I need in my life to make me feel better. It's why I've been sad for the last two damn years. But I'm going to open the mic to you guys. Uh, Cody, you sent me this video. You watched it before I did. How do you feel after seeing this? I mean, basically, this is what we've been saying for months now, that we're not going to get any answers one way or the other anytime soon. I mean, I think it was, uh, frankly, kind of a blessing in disguise that we even got Cam Newton talking about it. And like I said, I I kind of maintained my own little conspiracy theory that Cam Newton being so confident about his ability to return next year for the Panthers, a lot of it was forcing the hand of the Carolina Panthers and say, look, the fans want me here. I want to be here. You know, uh, this is where I want to be. And if the Panthers decide to do anything other than keep Cam Newton next year, well, then now they have to be the bad guys. But, I mean, I'm at the point where I don't blame David Tepper for being non-committal. I just think that right now it's too early to give any definitives on this is what we're going to do, this is what we're not going to do. Um, I mean, so much of this conversation is how much of a market is there for Cam Newton if Cam Newton is out there on the market. Um, and I think that's a legitimate question. But right now, I don't know why fans are so upset at David Tepper. I mean, if you want to come away with whatever answer you want to glean from those words, by all means, go ahead. But I mean, David Tepper was never going to say anything more than this, and I don't know why people were expecting more than this. Okay, I don't. Uh, I don't think we needed more information. I think the presentation of the information uh, is probably what some of us are upset with. And really, what it goes from is this: is each week the pendulum swings about what we think the proper or what will happen with Cam Newton. One week he's coming back, the next week he's leaving. One week he's coming back, the next week we're trading him. Every single week it's something yeah. different. And when it comes to me on this is, um, I don't know. All right, I want to go back to, real quick before we turn the mic over to your point about the conspiracy theory. Because, Cody, I think there was so, there's a lot to that. And I think that Cam Newton, now if we see this, if the Panthers truly are kind of cold, you shouldering him a little, Cam Newton took a page from Greg Goldson and Thomas Davis, and he went straight to the people. And that's what he did. He was able to say, hey, if this happens, it won't me. It was this team. And I think that that does ingratiate him with the fans to a certain degree. Now, going to Greg. Greg, how do you feel as you've listened to this? You told me that you listened to it a couple of times. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of where I see your point, Cody. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy you're talking about that is mad, and I'll explain to you why. Is because if you listen to the way he, he, he talks in the speech, in this uh interview and it's kind of the reason you named the careful stepper uh, stepper tepper is because he's he's dancing around questions and he's talking very much like a lawyer being interrogated he is uh, being very careful about what he says and it there's a couple things that bother me about it one is that he's saying 
when Cam gets healthy, when Cam, it, when whenever he gets healthy, we'll know more. We'll know more. But he's not talking about what he knows more about. Like, like w- w- he said, everything depends on Cam's health, right? But what are you talking about? Depends on Cam's health. You talking about you trading him, him being our quarterback, and what makes what, what I'm upset about. And you're right, Cody. He doesn't have to give us any more information. Is this guy's under contract for one more year? If he's healthy, why would you not be moving forward? In, in, in trying to, I mean, he's under contract. Why would you not be moving forward and, and at least go with the mindset of we're going to be moving forward with Cam Newton, even if you decide to do something different later? <clears throat> give yourself a direction to go right now. And maybe he does have that. He just don't want to give it to us. But <clears throat> the other thing that bothered me was he was talking about just being health. And like I was talking to Cody beforehand, Cam had surgery on December 11th. It's a five to six month recovery on average. So if you say seven months, that puts you in July. So there should be no reason that Cam Newton's not fully physically healthy by that point. It Maybe doesn't make yeah. Come back it's to like the same they're player. acting like he is like coming back from cancer or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so the, the fact that you can't see that he's going to be fully physically healthy, then he may not be w- what he ever was again. There, there's a chance of that. But if you've got him under contract for one more year, and you know that by the beginning of next season he's going to be fully physically healthy. Why are you saying now everything depends on his health? Because you know, I mean, you got him on sure contract. Let him play another year and build the team around that. If he doesn't do well, then you move forward. But you, you're not going to get Cam Newton's ceiling anywhere else for $19 million. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you're, you're not. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I came on the show and said, you know, I laid out why, even though I love Cam Newton, uh, I can read the tea leaves here. It, it just doesn't – nothing about this entire situation has felt like or feels like Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next year. That's not what I want, but who gives a shit what I want? No one, right. especially with David Tepper. And this is the thing, man. Just from a realistic perspective, I understand why David Tepper says, well, why would I be 100% committal to Cam Newton. Cam Newton's injury has been one of the key factors and the reason why this team underperformed two years in a row. So but anybody th- can get injured. But no, and that's I mean, a, listen, that's a fantastic point. But I mean I'm kind of just echoing what, what you said. Like none of this feels like a scenario where anyone is really being favorable towards the idea of mm-hmm. of Cam Newton coming back. I will say one reason why I am disappointed that they aren't more committal to Cam Newton is because if you actually had the intention to trade Cam Newton, well, you want that team, uh, whoever that team is, to believe that the Carolina Panthers find some value in Cam Newton, so much value that they believe he is a starting-level quarterback no matter where he goes in the NFL, that even the Panthers would consider him to be the starter for them next year. Because then if the other team knows that you don't value Cam Newton that much anyway and you're waiting for your opportunity to move away from him, then they're going to lowball you. They're going to give you a third-round pick, uh, maybe even fourth or fifth. Like They're not going to give you any of the type of of, of – uh, collateral in a trade that you would need to rebuild your football team. Listen to this comment from Susan Deans. Tepper sure has made a decision to raise my ticket prices from 1900 to 2500 this season. I wish oh, he was wow. as decisive about Cam as he is about business. 
<laughs> that's insane. Off of a losing, like back to back losing seasons, that's yes. absolutely astronomical. Like how many times? How I can't recall, and I could be wrong, but I understand ticket prices being high when there's something for us to see, right? And mm-hmm. and if you're raising the prices to twenty five hundred dollars, and you're still getting rid of Cam Newton. There is a problem that yeah. If you're gonna, gonna tank and you, if you're raising ticket prices and you're gonna tank, come on. Yeah, that is that's an issue and that is something that I would personally tell you I am not a fan of. And I think I think what Tepper has done, he's been very smart. He started off with the the things to get him in the good graces of, of fans, and now he's actually making the decisions that make sense for his pocketbook uh, and, and making sure that. Uh, that this isn't an investment that that this comes across as an investment. It is not just a football team. It is an investment for him, which it should be. Great, granted, as much money as he spent for it. Um, one of the things, and before I say this, I'm going to blame what I'm about to say on uh, my love of video games and uh, Marvel movies. Uh, I posted in our uh, in our messages a picture that Cam Newton posted of. Uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of it's him walking out of a building uh, on the left side. It's kind of like torn. It's like different colors on either side. And and so one color side is blue and the other side is green. And me being the person who's looking for an Easter egg in anything in life now because of Marvel, um, I see Cam Newton walking away from blue and towards green, which means in my opinion, money. Um, or you could also look at it from, because Baylor's green, right? Like, I, you know, I almost wonder if that has something to do with the Matt Rule thing. Is that but, Matt um, Rule in the door? Hmm. I want you to go uh, back and look at that. Where is he leaving? Number one, there is some guy. It must be, it's like the doorman, but it almost looks like it, it's not, definitely not Matt Rule. He's wearing a suit. There's no way. The the outfit is the same outfit he was wearing in the interview he did at the Super Bowl. So that might be him at the Super Bowl. I mean, guys, we're we're trying to read Egyptian hieroglyphics here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. We're trying to to find patterns in this. And look, I get it. But, I mean, dude, I just think that there's no way from if it's Cam Newton to David Tepper. I just think that there is not anyone in the world who knows what's really going to happen and that's what's frustrating because so, as much as we don't know the people in power even cam newton himself they don't know what's going to happen so my well, question but i'll have to go radio i'll have to go radio silent after this statement uh just for a little while um do we find out before the draft or is this going to be a draft time decision Oh. Mm. oh, I think the draft. I think this decision is going to be what makes it what we do. What we do in the draft, like based on what we do, it has to be before the draft. You have to kn- at least know what you're going to do before the draft. Maybe not make a move, but at least have a plan of what you're going to do with Cam you, Newton. Because do you wait for that I desperation? Mean, because if you wait till that last second, people are going to be willing. They're going to be like, "All right, I'm on the clock. I need to close this before we get to a point to where I can't." And so there, I feel like last second is when desperation comes calling. And if the if the Panthers get an offer that they can't refuse, obviously they might make a, a play to to move Cam Newton for draft picks. But if not, I mean, if let's say they wait until their pick and everybody's off the board, right? There's nobody else that they like as far as a quarterback. 
So there's no point in them letting Cam Newton walk at that point in time. The value they're getting an offer for for Cam by that point isn't worth them uh, letting him walk out the door for the salary that he's being paid this year. I mean, I I personally think that this is a draft day decision, uh, like a Josh Rosen type thing. Yeah, maybe. But Cam can't walk out the door though. He's under contract for one more year. He can't. He I'm can't not talking walk. about Cam. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so about, uh, just to complicate this thing for you, CK, a couple of things. Is number one is I continue to hear is that I thought this rumor was going away, but something about Joe Burrow's family doesn't like him going to Cincinnati. I heard this on Dan Patrick that rumors were swirling about this. So you have the question about continuing to loom with Cincinnati. You saw a Jason Lockham for a report that talked about trading Cam to Cincinnati, and they were he was saying for Andy Dalton, which is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. But I also was listening to Outkick the Coverage today with Clay Travis, and he said this as he straight up said that um, since the Chargers are not going to have Phillip Rivers next year, that no fans are showing up. They have, yeah. like, unless they go, the only choices the Chargers have is to draft somebody like Tua, move up and get Tua to drum up some excitement. Or he said, why don't you bring in a Cam Newton? Because that could help seats right there. But I tell you this, Justin Herbert, who they could pick at seven, at six, is he going to put butts in the seats next year? The L.A. Chargers might not be a team if they don't start selling some tickets. And and this is what I said a few weeks ago, that if any team made sense to me in a trade, it would be the Chargers. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, yeah. what happens if they have a good – so they have around 50-something million dollars to spend in free agency. So they have enough money for Cam Newton – they have enough money to even get some players to put around him. I mean, shit. But if they say, hey, we, uh, give us Cam Newton for our first-round pick, and then the Panthers have the sixth and the seventh pick in the draft, take Justin Herbert and Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia, and you get a franchise oh. quarterback. How could you get two picks? How could you get there first? Wouldn't you have to give Cam to move up one spot? Well, I mean, you, no, you have but you're not, you're, two, you're not, yeah, you have, you have okay. two top 10 picks back to back because they would give their first round. And then that way you're not handicapping them because if you just offer a first rounder, they still have all the other rounds to draft whoever the hell they want. And you would get right, another and they get their quarterback. With the I don't see pick. how you would get their pick and keep your pick because you're not trading your pick to them. You're giving them Cam Newton for their sixth pick. So you keep your seventh. So you, then you'd have their sixth and our seventh. Right. I think they would demand the our seventh and Cam to move up one spot. No, That's because then they're, yeah, that, then, then they're getting uh, just the seventh pick and Cam Newton. Like, I Which just, is the opposite of what we're getting if we did it the other way. So I guess but I mean, we would get the, the guy if you wanted Herbert. You would get that guy, which I still think this is insane. I think that uh, trying to move on from Cam for Justin Herbert would be a shit show. I think it's a terrible idea. Uh, here, here, let me complicate this a little bit by playing this. Um, oh, can I just uh, uh, 
Oh, actually, no. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna send no, you. Go. I'm gonna send. Well, I'm gonna send you a video because it's uh, it, it's about what we're talking about. I don't know how long it'll take you to rip it, but uh, I think it's the one I'm about to play. And what what was it? Is it the well, Sean Merriman? I'll do this. I gotta go put yeah, this yeah, there, yeah. The Sean, Sean Merriman. Okay, that, so yeah, let me okay. see if I can get it. I didn't prepare for it. Hold on, but I found it real quick. I'll be right back, fellas. Gotta go put okay, the kids to bed. So, what the hell is the name of this video? Tepper on cam, cam stand, Spanish. Why is it not there? Let me see if I play it. Said again and again and again. That's not what I want. That's not the one I want. Alright, so, um, okay. Now tell me this, Cody. Is continue to move on with the cam discussion is that with Tepper, why do you think he's being overly noncommittal? Why wouldn't he be like this a little bit more? Wrong time of year. It's the wrong time of year for me to answer that question. We aren't answering any questions about personnel decisions till closer to the point where we can actually make those decisions. Why in the world would he be so... I think he's almost giving too much information. Yeah, I do. I, I do too. Um, it's... I mean, it's not... Now, I wouldn't say that he's giving up too much information, but it's it's the safest thing to say. Because it's non-committal. I mean, you can't ruffle too many feathers saying, we don't know what we're going to do yet. We don't know if Cam Newton... And by the way, it's, a, it's another thing. They don't get to comment on what they think about Cam Newton as a player because they get to say, no, well, this is a health thing. We don't know how healthy Cam Newton is, so we can't say that he's going to be the quarterback of the future if we don't have a clean bill of health knowing that he's healthy. And partly, I don't, I don't blame them for that. But then in the same breath, like I said earlier, you know, you want to create some sort of illusion that you're interested in Cam Newton being the quarterback for the Panthers. Like, in, or especially, you know, one, your fans love him. I mean, damn, dude, the Panthers fans we, uh, put up billboards, keep Cam in Carolina around the stadium, voted him Walter Payton Man of the Year. Like, we love us some Cam Newton. But it, you know, if it, you know, like what Greg was saying, if you're going to put butts in seats, it's a bad move to not have him. But also, if you do intend to trade him, you want those trading partners to believe that you find there to be worth in Cameron Newton. And nothing that they're doing right now says that they're even, you know, as long as they're able to say it's about health, they don't have to fall on the spikes about anything. And it's really trying to avoid all of the... So you're diverting the conversation about whether or not you just want Cam to be the future of your franchise by continuing to shroud it with this, to cloak it with this discussion of health. Uh, Thank you, you, Susan Dean, for the super chat. She said, I will support my C3 family always, even if I'm broke for my season tickets. Yeah, Susan, uh, Susan, you are going to be broke from those season tickets because it's going to be harder and harder to sell them if we're tanking each and every week. Um, now, let's go to this. As Christina Aguilar says, because no one knows if Cam can be healthy, everyone's taking it for granted that he will be ready to go. 
and he hasn't been full healthy for quite some time. I am I understand not seeing Cam for a long time. But what I think is is that these are unrelated issues, unrelated injuries. Now, if we think that I'm so tired of him people on the national media saying he's just taking such a beating and that's why his body's breaking down. This foot injury was a freak injury. Right now, I'll I'll grant you the shoulder was is concerning because the second cleanup had us worried, right? But it still seemed like he, with that additional time off, I do believe this is that it would be foolish. It's almost fantasy footballish to forget who Cam is as a player. And just because we haven't seen it in a moment, and I see this each and every year, Cody, in fantasy football, the rankings for players um, next year will be 100% based off of this season's performance. They will forget guys that had injuries, that played on bad teams, and they will go with the guys who put up numbers. And every year, that's why you draft whatever running back first, that doesn't go, that doesn't turn out because it's a different year and a different team. I just think it would be weird for us to forget to believe that Cam Newton is done. Cuz that's really kind of what you're arguing is you're on the back end. We've seen the best. And I don't know if I truly believe that, Cody. He's Wait, that, young. that's what who's arguing. People who are one who say move on from Cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying that's what I'm saying. No, I'm no, like, but like the argument yeah. that we should yeah, yeah. move on really implies that you've seen the best of Cam. Yeah, well, I think it also kind of plays off this tired narrative uh, that you know we've been fighting against that Cam Newton is like this average, subpar, middle of the pack quarterback with one outlier season. In, in 2015, oh, it's I, I so mean, even, bullshit! Even, it's so bullshit. Dude, even the, even the pro football focus guys believe that shit. I mean that that, that shows you that uh, a lot of this data is soulless. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's like polls. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those the, those things where I'm just um, I don't know, man. It's 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 definitely the weird. And all of my years being a Panther fan. This is, I don't remember ever there being a time that felt like this, where there's so much uncertainty. No one knows what's going to happen. There's so many different options. I mean, it's a good thing for me, uh, shameless plug here. Uh, there's a brand new draft, uh, mock draft out tomorrow on drafttech.com. And I'm in a great scenario because I get to talk about a bunch of different players because there's so many different directions that we can go in the draft. And then you add on all this about Cam Newton and Greg and and Luke leaving the team abruptly. Uh, it's just such a weird time, man, to to be a Panther fan. All right, check this out here. Also muddying the waters with Cam Newton, Sean Mary, Merriman, the former L, um, San Diego Charger. I'm sure you guys heard the information or heard the news of uh, Cam Newton possibly coming to the Chargers. Uh, I spoke to Cam about it down at the, in Miami at the Super Bowl. 
and that conversation will remain private unless a media outlet want to pay me for my story but <laughs> uh, I think it'd be a great move um, obviously everybody know my love for Philip, and uh, we'll hope that he will come back and stay with the Chargers and retire with the team but if that's not the case I'm all for it I think Cam Newton come in and get you some wins upgrade you know certain certain aspects of the team going into a, a new stadium I think that works out well I'm all for it all right uh, that's Sean Merriman uh, the thing that's funny about that Cody is um, he refer- he replied to Pat Coltrane Pat Coltrane said uh, you sound dumb sit down or something like that sit down told him to sit down he said I'm sitting and Sean Merriman wrote him back and said I'm sitting beside your mom (laughs) (laughs) okay I want to shout out Michael Jones for his super chat 499 thank you for supporting the C3 Panthers podcast go ahead and smash the thumbs up button folks Um, he says name three free agents who will definitely return next year (laughs) and this this is going to be we might not have one huh right we might not have one we are going to be expanding on this when the guys return because we've got um, part of the the show tonight is each person is going to suggest three moves that they would make as the GM of the Panthers in trying to find the direction of this team. But let's address this question while we're here, uh, Cody. And right now, unrestricted free agents for the Carolina Panthers, Mario Addison, Trey Boston, James Bradbury, Vernon Butler, Ross Cockrell, Javian Elliott, Chris Hogan, Wes Horton retired, he doesn't count anymore, Bruce Irvin, Kyle Love, Gerald McCoy, Stacy McGee, Greg Van Roten, Daryl Williams. I will name one on that list that I think will be here, and that is Ross Cockrell. I also think it would not be a terrible idea of trying to find a way to keep Trey Boston but I think it will be cost more than you want to pay for his up and down play. But the uh, you know what Trey Boston offers you is not even just his play on the field. Is he's like the only guy that has like a soul and a personality to lead the team at the moment. I'm gonna say, um, but I'm gonna say Ross Cockrell, who played pretty well coming off a devastating injury from the year before. We had high hopes from him two years ago. I think he could be. Um, an addition like a rotational player particularly if you're unable to keep Bradbury so I'm gonna turn the mic over to you do you think I'm guessing I'm, I'm, you're gonna say Bradbury or Gerald McCoy yeah I'd say Gerald McCoy um, and I think one of the things that we've said on here is that so much of the idea going into last year was that we would have Dontari Poe in the middle and Kwan Short and Gerald McCoy on either side of them and bo- or both sides of them and we really didn't get to see that. We had two games of that this year, and and that was about it. Um, in my mind, I could easily see the the Panthers front office moving to re-sign a lot of players just in an effort to assure that there isn't a hole there. So, uh, I mean, uh, like, for example, people that I don't think are going to um, come in top dollar, Greg Van Roten. I mean, he's not a big-name guard or, or anything like that, so I think he's probably a name that will come back. 
Um, Gerald McCoy is someone that could easily see it coming back. How about this? Uh, we have another year of option um, on uh, Dontari Poe's contract. And again, none of these names might excite you. They might not uh, get you all riled up, but you're just trying to get to a point where you don't go into the draft needing a million different positions. You can't ha have to have uh, a guard and a defensive tackle, and you need a corner, and you need this. Like, If you're not able to hit on every one of those positions of need in the draft, then you have these major holes on your football team. So, I mean, in my mind, um, if I had to pick three of them, I would say um, Ross Cockrell is as depth in the backfield. Um, I'd say Gerald McCoy is uh, someone who I think would come back for a reasonable contract. Um, and, dude, I'm, I'm not even um, I'm not even so sure that we've seen the last of Dontari Poe. I mean, I, I really think they might decide to run back our defensive line for another year, maybe add another player or two in the draft, and just hope that they're healthier this year than they were last year. This sort of reminds me, I'm trying to think, was it 2013? If it was 2013, that's good news because we went 12-4. and four. Or 2014. 14, we had something like 19 unrestricted free agents. It was the year we let Ted Ginn go the first time. And it's... 2018, right? No, first time. First time. And so he, it might have oh, been 2014. Oh, 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 it yeah, might have yeah, been yeah. 2014. Yeah, 2014. Because he went to Arizona for a year, right? And then... Yeah. Um, but we had so many free, like the free agents, and we had less cap money then. So we do have more ability to maneuver this. Uh, CK, it sounded like you're back, you're in the house, man, um, in his crib. He's got his his uh, fancy uh, whiteboard, magnetic board behind him. Yep. Yep. And uh, Absolutely. the question that was asked to us before you got in was uh, Michael Jones said uh, name. Three the free, free agents. agents, yeah. And are there anybody on that list that you think that the Panthers should and would or could resign? And Reggie Bonifon doesn't count. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> yeah, say his name, but that. he's already resigned. That could yeah, be our third. Him. And Joey Sly. And Joey Sly. Um, yeah, I would say. Yay. <laughs> I would say that uh, obviously Gerald McCoy comes to mind. We we don't have a surefire leader on the team. Um, I really, you know, and I know there are people that, that don't believe in him. I still think we need Bradbury, but unfortunately, um, by what I've heard, it doesn't sound like he even wants to be here. Like, I mean, just based on some of the things he's saying, like, you know, I'd love to play for uh, Rivera again or yeah, and and so I mean, I, it, it kind of brings this sense of you know uh, of uncertainty in our secondary as well, because I mean Dante Jackson hasn't really taken that step forward uh, that we've been looking for, but I still think that we need him. Um, and and I guess I mean I, I'm just going to go with it because I really don't know who else on that list you know, has a chance of making it, but uh, Ross Cockrell for sure. Yeah, that's who I like is uh, someone said in the chat room that Trey Boston's going to ask for the bag, and he's been asking to get paid 
and nobody's going to pay him. So you might as well go to a team that will give you a little bit of money. Maybe somebody will pay him, but he didn't make the Pro Bowl or nothing like that uh, like he did when he was in the era with the Chargers. So it's not, I mean, I don't know how much he can command, but I would, um, I am worried. The good news is we we got Eric Reed back there because look at what everybody paid in the free agency market last year for strong safeties with Landon Collins and this. That's what I want us to think about when we look at this list of guys that we want to keep. And I think that Cody is alluding to that a little bit with Don Terry Poe, but I think his injury is too big of a deal. It was a big... At his age. Yeah, it was like a torn thigh muscle, like yeah. um, which is tough. You know, hey, I don't know how you recover from that, but I do think one of the things you have to keep in mind is when you look at some of these guys, some of these positions command more money in free agency than others. So if you could retain some guys for a hometown discount, uh, a little bit of a hometown discount, so. You don't want to go out there and try to get a defensive end and free agency. and Or you could. It's just going to cost a lot. So it might be better to kind of fill the gaps a little bit with a corner, with a nickel corner, with a free safety, with a third receiver, something to that effect. Um, so that's where I'm at on that. Now that uh, Greg is back, we can move on to the next segment of the show. And that is... And very related to this question is that we are searching for direction when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. We want to hear what direction you want to go in. Call the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Batista AC man says, Eric Reed is trash. And, you know, I I I was completely on the other side of the fence. But he really, as the season wore on last year, he did not play. Uh, that great, but nobody did. And he was nursing an injury, I believe, for two years, it seems like. But I'm go ahead. I'll, I'll say with that before we move on, it's a quick statement. Uh, the the <laughs> the safety position is not meant to catch the run that much. Good point. You know, it's th- that sh- there should not be somebody running free to the secondary that that often from the from the backfield. Well, he was our and best run stopper probably on the whole damn it, team. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, also, yeah. Like tackle, keep I in mind that Eric Reed is a is box safety. That that linebacker, nickel yeah. type, big body uh, type of safety, and we don't play him at free. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. But the, again, I would caution people. Before we start tearing down everyone, like no one played great last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, no one played great, so it's hard for me. Don't to throw the baby out with the bathwater, type. Yeah, thing. like what are we gonna do the same thing, Dante Jackson and Eric Reed? Like there are people that are already done with Dante. Like oh well, he keeps on blowing assignments. They benched him, and I mean all that's true. But you know, I, one of the things I was saying is I think that a lot of it is to do with coaching. And hopefully we have guys that will better coach these players up now. You know, we I think our secondary, particularly with Eric Reed and like CK said, is that some of that, so much of that was less indicative about his play. At times, I mean, he was getting burned at times and different things, but there, who are the pieces around you sometimes and do they enhance your play or do they tease out the weaknesses 
uh, of your game at that moment or whatever it is. And we were unable to stop the run. The linebackers uh, just were not able to be as effective last year without those center defensive tackles in that 3-4, stopping the run. There were problems. There were systematic problems. Now, when it comes to Dante Jackson, though, I do believe that people's concerns are warranted for this, is that you could say it's a sophomore slump. But I think we are so influenced by the picture that was painted about Dante Jackson in that Amazon Prime series, and what we saw was a continuation of the that attitude, it seemed like, rather than an improvement on that personality or whatever it may be. Do you agree that we are influenced that that has some influence into why people are souring on Dante Jackson. It kind of has to, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, I, I think whenever, again, there are certain positions that whenever you lose a matchup, dude, that's what stands out the most. You know, for example, offensive line, you never talk about offensive line until they're getting their ass whooped and, and, and you notice right. it. Well, we have these moments where... That's why we're always talking about the offensive line on this show. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, uh, okay, we have this uh, episode with Dante Jackson and Antonio Brown uh, the year before, and last year he was benched. I mean, I I think that, you know, I I understand the frustration, but there really is a... a, uh, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, there's there's so many moving parts to this. No one played particularly well. And you cannot tell me that all the people on our team are as god-awful as they've been playing. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. The Ken867 with a good comment in the YouTube chat. Thanks for your support, Ken. He says, Reed is solid. Jackson has the athleticism, needs the coaching. Dude is from nothing, making big money. Got a little kid, needs... Good coaching to help him be the best. Uh, and one of the good things is, is I think we're bringing in the types of people that can speak well to that younger generation and those personalities. Agreed. Not even Agreed. personalities, just but the ability to relate to younger men who are going through a lot of these transitions. And one of the reasons I truly believe that this is the case is, is it Robbie Anderson from the New York Jets, the wide receiver? Is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Former Baylor player under Matt Rule Mm -hmm. and has nothing but said the world of how Matt Rule gave a lot up for him, like committed to him as a like really gave so much for for him, got him back into school, just went the extra mile. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if that's a name that is, is circling around the Carolina Panthers as we head into this free agency, I do think he will be more expensive than he may be worth. Now, let's move on to that segment. Greg, the Bat Daddy, said, let's play GM. You get three picks. You get three decisions for the Panthers moving forward before the draft. I assume before the draft, but maybe some of these things include the draft. Greg, we're going to let you start this segment and tell us what you had in mind about what we're going to be talking about and then give us an example of how we're going to do it. Okay. Um, well, you know, and this is a kind of a, a exercise that I 
kind of we're stealing a little bit from the around the nfl podcast but doing it slightly differently but it's the same kind of deal uh we're basically just going to be a, if you could do three things as a gm tomorrow you know for the panthers what would you do and um i kind of focused mine on moving forward next season and setting ourselves up for the draft so if i'm the gm uh the first thing i'm going to do is figure out cam newton because like i said he's going to be healthy Figure out if you're going to go forward with this guy or not, and 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 you know move with that. Uh, and then I would attack two free agents, and I would be very aggressive. And there's more guys we could go after if we needed to, because there's plenty of guys in free agency this year. It's it's insane going through the list. Um, but there's two guys in particular I would attack for what for one particular reason. I would go linebacker because we just lost Luke Keekley. We need somebody in there who's young and in a solid linebacker. And there's one guy out there from Cleveland, Joe Sherbert, or Schobert, however you say his name. Um, solid linebacker, only in the league three years. I think uh, I was just looking at his stats. I think he has, in three years, 400 and something tackles, uh, seven forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. He had four interceptions last year, so he's a good coverage um, linebacker. He's not as good in the running uh, in run defense, but he's a good coverage linebacker. And we need somebody out there to fill that hole that Luke just left. And I like Shaq Thompson, but I don't think Shaq Thompson can do it. Look I think he's a good secondary piece to Cody, a leader look, on the defense. Cody, look good. up his proposed what Spot Rack says he should get paid. Go ahead, Greg, and continue with your point. Okay. Uh, and then the second guy I would go after is, is uh, which Anthony, one is this again? His name is something. Uh, tell us his name again. Joe Scobert, S C H O B E R T. Okay. Okay, and then the second guy I would go after is uh, Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle from the Colts. Um, he, he's not that young, but he's also not very old. I think he's thirty. Uh, he's been pretty solid for the Colts for the last few years. He was a. Um, that's a position that if we can sure that position up, and we're going to bring Cam Newton back, I would feel a whole lot better about the situation. He needs to cover that blind side, but um, I, I would do those, and then uh, lastly. Black helmets. <laughs> Give me some black helmets. I like that. I yeah, like that. I want some black helmets that look so good, but that, that's about it. Just three things that I think could impact the team immediately because black helmets make you look intimidating, unless you're a Falcon. All right. But Gilbert um, <laughs> was a Pro Bowler last year or this past year. That's what I'm saying. He's a he's a good linebacker. He's, he really is, and he's young. Yeah, yeah, okay, I know. I, okay, and I know. linebackers can only command so much money in free agency, generally. Uh, I guess Quan Alexander did bring – that cost a lot last year for the San Francisco 49ers. But you saw how good he was when he was – look, we've seen what a great linebacker can do. And the question is, is can Shaq be that general out there? I think we're too thin. I think that's a great point is that we need, if not somebody who can come in and be a major contributor, it wouldn't be a harm for us to go and try to find our version of the Saints getting A.J. Klein from us. A.J. Klein has contributed to the New Orleans Saints for the last three years. Has he been yep. sensational? No. Has he been helpful? Yes. And yeah. um, you're right. I think that is a good place to focus on because you could get a player in free agency and it's not going to cost you like a quarterback like a defensive end and argue and and maybe in this game i feel like in today's game the linebacker position while it is very important we've seen that from luke keekley financially 
it has been depreciated over the last decade. Right. And, and the thing about the linebacker, too, it's such an important position in your defense because, uh, you know, he's in the center of the field most of the time, middle linebacker. It, it, he can solidify a line that's not that good, and he can help a secondary that's not that good. It's a perfect position to have one of your best players in the team, which is why it's so devastating that we had to... Uh, by the way, I hung my Cam my uh, Luke Keeley jersey up, backside out, like everybody voted. All nice. right. So I had nice. to retire them. It sucks. But... Uh, yeah, so those those are the three moves that I would make uh, immediately if I was GM. Black helmets, man. I feel like that was cool, oh, but man. a cop out. No. Well, Tyler I mean, I Lovato says that was a good take. Joe Schobert is Schobert is a beast. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Three three years. He has four hundred eight tackles and eight and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, six interceptions. Okay. In three years. That's pretty All right. Um Who I will go. Do you want me to go next, guys? Do it. Yeah. Do All it. right. Number one decision as the Panthers GM is I would come out and I would release Colin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'm releasing Colin Jones, who is the captain of our special teams, and Payne. I'm replacing him with Cameron Artis Payne from the Dallas <laughs> Renegades. No, that's very good. Uh, I saw, I tried to watch a little XFL. I have picked the Dallas Renegades as my team because Cameron Artis Payne and Frank oh, Alexander wow. are on their team, and then Cameron Artis okay. Payne barely played. Again, of course, <laughs> of course. That's his story, History man. has repeated itself. Okay, so after yeah. I cut Colin Jones, I'm also going to send Don Terry Poe his walking papers and free up okay. some cap space. And here is the question I need to know: I cannot make this decision as a GM to move on from Cam. But I've been talking about Leonard Williams in the chat before the game. Defensive end, 3-4 defensive end, who was originally with the Jets, traded to the Giants, who is in a contract year. The Giants also have the fourth overall pick. Can they afford to pay Leonard Williams? And if they can't, how about we trade for their fourth round pick, get to and Leonard Williams, replace Don Terry Poe with Leonard Williams' contract. And then last, my last move is this, is I want to go and get free agent cornerback Bradley Roby from the Houston Texans and finally get an answer for us at the nickel corner. You think Bradley Roby from the Houston Texans is the answer? Bradley Roby is nasty. He is great. I would I would rather have Chris Harris than Bradley Roby. Chris Harris is thirty one. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a guy play nickel corner. He's thirty one. He's old. Bradley Roby came out I wanted but see here, full disclosure, I wanted Bradley Roby the year we picked frickin' Kelvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was my pick. Bradley Roby, Bradley Roby, Bradley Roby. No, we got Kelvin Benjamin. Guess who? The trend here, though. You wanted Leonard Williams Good point. at one point in time to Good be point. drafted. Excellent then point. Then you wanted Bradley Roby yep. at one point in time 
Because you wanted to draft him? Okay. Yeah, and then here is the other thing, though. I will point out this. Is that same year, my guy that I thought in the... This was when we first started the website, fellas, which we barely do anything to anymore. So if anybody wants to help take that over, hell, just let me know. The other thing is this, is that the guy that I thought was the receiver to get in that draft was... Allen Robinson, Penn State. No. We go with a guy that should have been drafted in the second. We overlook Allen Robinson. We had a chance to arguably get him in the second if we move for it. No. We got fat, crappy Kelvin Benjamin. So Bradley Roby, Leonard Williams to help us with that 3-4 defensive end position which we need one we need a big buy we don't got mario addison no more we don't know how kk is gonna do in a three four po um and right now the other one was is your guys is who was who was it jerry mccoy older did not he was not bad last year but neither did he excel now I'm I'm okay. I'm not upset with him. And then I think the last what did I say is Bradley Roby, Leonard Williams, and then I think it could be something. Let me see. I got one more move, right? One more move, and I think it's going to be. We're going to have to go down the list a little bit. What if we did something to the effect of? I wouldn't mind a safety. Can we get a Jimmy Ward from the... Um, oh, he sounds expensive. San Francisco 49ers. How about we did something like um, re-sign Trey Boston? Take that. Those are my moves right now. Setting us up for the draft. Unless you really think... The one thing that weirds me out about re-signing Trey Boston is he's not that great. He's okay. He's good. He's good, not great. I like his personality in the locker room, but I feel like when you could, you can in the draft in like the second round get a playmaker free safety. Think of Justin Reed. Think of a lot of these guys. I think that's something that you can plug and play an athletic guy and then really have a lot of success in their early years. Yeah, I mean, those are good moves. They're all the. You know, it's it's just kind of funny. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can tackle this. You know, uh, I think Greg made a good point with um, having having to get a linebacker. And listen, it, it, let's be honest about this. It hasn't dawned on us yet, and it's not going to dawn on us until later in the season. Um, but we lost Luke Kingsley, and everything that he did for our defense. Uh, I'm telling you, man. It, even even when he wasn't the one making the play, him being on the field impacted the play and how it went. So, you know, I, I think um, whether it be the draft, whether it be early in the draft or somewhere in free agency, I think you have to have more than Shaq Thomas. And, you know, I think... Um, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, what about... Uh, are there any tight ends on the list? Cause, all right, so let's move on. Who wants the mic next? Who is going to take over as the GM? 
I thought there was some good comments too earlier. Trill might be uh, right. Michael Jones with another donation. Thank you for your generosity tonight, Michael Jones, for your support of the C3 Panthers podcast. Trill one might be right about moving Eric Reed to middle linebacker. Your thoughts? Um. So again, middle linebacker. It, it's a, a lot more than than just your normal chasing down the play. There's a lot involved moving moving pieces around on the defensive line, calling audibles, changing the play. Um, you know, it, it might sound good in theory, but I would be more comfortable with Shaq Thompson at middle linebacker than I would Eric Reed. Uh, Nick Monterio from uh, Massachusetts, who's friends with uh, Josh from Mass, and to um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about putting him in timeout, dude. <laughs> putting who in time? Nick, Nick Montero. Why wouldn't it do? Tony's first act is to come out of the closet. Come out of the closet. Quit lying, <laughs> I am out of the closet. I'm gay for camp. Oh. So you're too late, brother. You're too late. You're late to the party. You get my sloppy <laughs> seconds. You're such a fan, girl. All right. Okay, so uh, Cody, what you got? Who wants next, CK or Cody? Which Cody can wants the Can y'all hear me? Yes, yeah, we, we can, can hear you now. Great. Okay, I had to exit before. I, think... I was like, I don't think they can hear oh, me. Gosh. <laughs> Cody, I think you were already in the process of going through your three, so I'll let you go. Um. Yeah, so um, I actually wasn't, but I'll, oh. I'll go ahead and start. Um, so listen, my, the first thing I do is make the quickly the linebackers coach. I mean, that's literally number one. It's the first thing I do. I want Luke Kickley and that amount of dedication and that amount of knowledge. I'm not willing to just lose all of that in one swoop. Um, if Luke is willing to do it, I'm absolutely reaching out to him to be a coach in some kind of capacity. Um, number two, I, I re-signed some, some depth. I want to be able to, um, you know, uh, build up our roster in a way that we're not going into the draft having to have a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different things. I would do some key re-signings. Uh, amongst those would be Gerald McCoy. Uh, I think another year with Gerald McCoy would be in order. Um, I think Trey Boston is another player that I would love to have um, back on the team. I think Trey Boston was better than he was bad last year. I agree. Like, I remember him making more plays on the football than missing plays. So I have no problem with Trey. Well, yeah, but listen, I mean, that tackling isn't my number one quality in a free safety. He's actually become a much better tackler than he was with our first. Yeah, you're right about that. That was the whole problem with our whole team last year. He can lay the wood on somebody, but... Our whole team did that last year. It was just bouncing off of people. Our whole that that, yeah. that was a pervasive problem to our entire football team, from Bradbury to uh, Trey Boston, Eric Reed, uh, James Bradbury. A lot of our members uh, of our defensive backfield, they just did not wrap up effectively. So um, yeah. we have to train that up. Uh, have to um, you know do better with that. And then third, I mean, if you're wanting me to talk about personnel I don't know man I'm kind of thinking going to the draft um, or into free agency rather 
and grab another offensive lineman. I mean, even if it's another piece somewhere. Um, I, I would just do whatever I could to bolster up the trenches and and make this offensive line and defensive line as efficient and as nasty as it needs to be if we're going to be a competitor. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you say that because, like, in my mind, when I think offensive line, like, the first thing I think is I want somebody who – is proven already outside of college. It's come to the pros and proven. Amen. And then, and then I, th- but then I think about examples of that that we that we've we've gotten free agency in the last few years. And I'm like, well, maybe that's not necessarily the best thing. Well, it turns yeah. out those guys so, were not proven, though. We just wish they were. We tried to convince yeah, ourselves okay. right. that Matt Khalil or and and Khalil you know, and all them were. And you know what? Yeah. I still defend the Matt Khalil signing even though it fucked us financially not is, the money ooh. the reason i defend the matt khalil signing is that we finally in our lifetime tried to make some decisive move to fix it was yeah. it a de- terrible that. move and was he fucking awful yes it was horrendous and he was horrendous and and that's hard to defend the move that did not work out at all and he sucked. Yeah. He's like my least favorite offensive lineman. But I tell you one thing, because I was so damn sick and tired of the Panthers trying to make like, Greg Van Roten into a left tackle next year. You know, and so it did not work, but I think that's where you're coming from is a guy, too, that's had a little experience like maybe a Brian Balaga. Brian okay. Balaga. Is he free agent? Offensive tackle for Green Bay, 31 years old. Yeah. Yes, he is a free agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, all right, Brand, Brad Dugan. Uh, Brad Dugan had a, a lot to say on Twitter today, and I think we're going to come back and address that. He, can, he thinks that right now that the writing, he's with Cody, the writing is on the wall, that this is no more cam, that this is a rebuild. And he's even thinking that Christian McCaffrey might is he's not arguing for these things, but ultimately it does not look like the Carolina Panthers are are trying to make it happen next year and are tanking for Trevor Lawrence potentially. He says this: number one move, make final decision on Cam. Number two, sign a linebacker in free agency. Number three, trade back in the first round to acquire more picks and assets with the glaring holes and needs that we have on this team. Great comment from Brad Dugan. CK, mm-hmm. are you there? And what do you... Yes, you are there. I see your face, your beautiful yes. face. What do you do as the GM? So first and foremost, I recall my childhood years when we learned a simple lesson. Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And we make a commitment for Cam Newton. Amen. Um, that's number one. All right. And the reason I'm saying this this early is that these next two months set up the draft, period. No questions asked. That's what they do. So go ahead and get the biggest question mark off the board, right out of the gate. All right, got that squared away. Now we have two glaring holes. That's going to be tight end and middle linebacker. Obviously, we need to shore up some free agents in the meantime. We have some cap space. Um, I agree with a lot of the moves you guys have made with Don Terry Poe. Um, 
you know, I, I'm trying to be different than what you guys are saying, so I'm trying to go about it. Um, you know, I, I think all of you had one of my three, at least one of them. So, um, you know, my favorite one, by the way, uh, has been uh, putting Luke into the linebacker role, uh, linebacker mm-hmm. coach role. Uh, but nonetheless, that my first move, once again, committing to Cam. Number two is finding a free agent. I don't want a rookie linebacker right now. Uh, because what that's going to do is it's going to put him behind Shaq Thompson, and Shaq Thompson is going to end up being the leader on that defense. And so now we're back at the exact same spot. So we need to get a veteran in here. Um, I actually like that idea of uh, of uh, Scobert uh, coming over here, Schobert, whatever yeah. it is. Um, Imagine that with Luke Keekley as his coach. Yeah, and so crazy. Yeah, but I, you know, let's say we get that short up. I still think that we have the ability to develop Ian Thomas, but we still need a tight end. Um, and my focus in the draft, outside of just the first round, depending upon where Moss goes, I think Moss would be a great addition. Not only I mentioned it on a couple of podcasts or prior to this, but um, not just for the star power, not for the the ability to say we have Randy Moss's son on our team. Um, I think that he has been around football his entire life at a high level, and his intelligence would be welcomed, uh, especially by Cam Newton, who has been uh, who has leaned on Greg Olson knowing assignments. And if you've grown up knowing football, you have to be pretty intelligent about those things. So I feel like that's probably going to be a really good replacement part for somebody like a Greg Olson, who, uh, who did a lot of the running of the offense to help Cam Newton out uh, with guys who maybe don't know what their assignments are in those uh, huddles. So, um, once again, just to recap, first one, Cam Newton. Second, get a, a linebacker in free agency. And then third, uh, draft the tight end that actually knows what he's talking about in the draft. Hey, just out of curiosity, uh, doesn't Randy Moss live in the Charlotte area? Ooh, I don't know about that. Yes, he does. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure he does. He does. His son so if played he, his high son school would- football in, in Charlotte. Yeah, because I remember there was one point in time where he was say he put something in the paper like any Carolina receivers that want to come and, and learn or get some advice from you or whatever, you know. Commit. But would it be crazy if you got his son as tight end and Randy Moss since he lives here and his son plays for the team was like, hey, I could be a wide receivers coach mm-hmm. and have Randy Moss come be a wide receivers coach or just yeah, be associated with the that team almost, at all? That almost feels gimmicky, though. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. think that's pretty cool, but – um, you know, I, I I've seen no evidence that he's you know uh, he's going to be coaching at a high level. It sounds it seems like he's more focused on the uh, on the actual broadcasting side of things. So because he's good um, at it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler so. Lovato says, "Don't you think we've already made a decision about Cam with letting Greg Olson walk uh, and not, not addressing Cam Newton's future?" Um, I think it just – I think it puts – once again, and this is why I say that we're waiting until the draft to make a decision, is I think it puts a lot of people on edge not knowing what we're going to be doing with that seventh pick, right? You know, if, if – let's say the Chargers don't pick, you know, a quarterback at number seven, uh, or let's say some some of the cards don't fall that same way, I think you have a lot more negotiating power. If you're going to be moving backwards for more picks, well, guess what? Hey, I need both your first round picks, Dolphins. You know, if you want to move uh, into the number seven pick, since you you know obviously have three picks in the first round, um, you know, and, and I, I just feel like you allow for desperation because of it. So, uh, I think yes, they may have made a decision on Cam Newton. I think March will give us more insight onto that. But I think I would like to believe 
that the Panthers already have a decision to keep Cam, and right now they're just kind of playing the uh, long game, playing the Game of Thrones, as they say. Uh, but we'll see. So um, I saw a clip from Mike Greenberg's show on ESPN. It's like, get up, get out, get some, whatever, something, some show. I, for, I don't even know the name because I never watch ESPN. I just saw the clip on Twitter. You know, it got pushed to an update on my phone, and I fast-forwarded to the clip talking about Cam Newton, and they had a former uh, GM and a and a player, uh, like a former player, you know, kind of battling out over Cam Newton. And they said that it would... One of the things that one of the individuals was saying is, look, is that Cam Newton, when you have Matt Rule, who's gotten the amount of money he's gotten with the time, it looks like that... Um, that uh, David Tepper is willing to invest in Matt Rule that he doesn't have to rebuild it, uh, immediately. He has the luxury of maybe trying to take Cam Newton and, and show some legitimacy at the NFL level. I thought that was an interesting comment. But the other comment that I heard was one of the guys was saying, and when he said my sources and this is that, it sounded kind of like Ian Rappaport was his source. Like, so we got that source too. But <laughs> that they um, not only were not really ready to make a decision on Cam, but one of the things he said is that the Panthers weren't in love with the quarterbacks in this draft. Quarterbacks in this. So, uh, like, as in, if, I mean, like, hey, two is likely going to be off the board. And then you're talking about maybe Justin Herbert being available, but after that, that maybe really their eye is on quarterback next year, and maybe Cam Newton is a stopgap for that in that meantime. But who is it? The Justin? Who's the? Uh, so it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah, and and those are the. And I just want to point out, no one has done more to effectively tank and get the first pick in the draft than the Miami Dolphins. And they don't and have even, the first round. Even, yeah, and even they couldn't do that next year. So it doesn't matter who they like next year. I mean, I like both of those guys too, but there's no guarantee that even if you're trying to suck, that you're going to suck enough to actually be I agree. I agree. those two players. So, and, and, and listen, man, there's so much. I don't judge quarterbacks the way other people judge quarterbacks. And a lot of people are going to look at Justin Herbert and be like, oh, well, he never wowed anyone, or oh, he was inaccurate. Well, Justin Herbert also had three different offensive coordinators in four years, never had a true number one wide receiver, was asked to throw short passes and get the ball out quick, and simultaneously to throw the football down the field. So he was asked to do a lot. He did all of those things relatively well. And you're going to tell me if you put a six foot six quarterback with a cannon for an arm in Joe Brady's system that he's not going to have a level of success? I mean, come on, what are we doing, man? Like, I mean, these are the same type of people that that are saying, uh, "Oh, but Josh Allen wasn't worth it." And by the way, if you if you compared their film, Justin Herbert is an immensely more talented quarterback than Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, a far more talented passer. He's mobile. He's big as hell. I, I mean, uh, I think that this narrative that I've seen from so many people 
that uh, Justin Herbert would be such a terrible pick. I guarantee you that there are legitimate people in the NFL that more teams than not have him ranked as a top 10 pick than teams that don't have him ranked that high. I just think Justin Herbert would be great for us if that's the way we ended up moving. But Great discussion going on in the C3 Panthers chat room. Uh, Tyler Lovato, I believe in my heart and soul, in my heart and soul, David Tepper wants a QB in next year's draft, and they've already talked about it. Cam Newton can't be a stopgap if we are tanking. Trevor Lawrence will go number one. Rex Smith says Rappaport has reported we were trading Cam in September. Rappaport admitted, admitted that he was guessing, and his sources are himself no credibility. And Brad Dugan says, I heard that as well, that they don't like the QBs in this draft. And then last, Joey Esquivel comes in and says, I think it's just that the Miami Dolphins suck at everything, including sucking itself. (laughs) Turns out they don't suck as good as the damn Bengals. No. Yeah, the the Bengals slid in there, didn't they? They, they, Yeah. Uh, they were equally as bad, if not the worst. Obviously, they were the worst team, being that they only had what one win, or were they completely defeated this year? No, they got one. They got one. We yeah. have not had the winless team yet that I've seen in ever. My, have we seen an zero sixteen team in the recent? I'm pretty years? sure. Ugh. Didn't the Detroit Lions do it? No, nah, I think somebody always gets a win. It's kind of like the undefeated season always is shook. The un- <laughs> the defeated season also gets shook as well. Hey, guys, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls and see what the fans are saying. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be part of the longest-running Panthers podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast later on. We appreciate your support. Send us an email at carolinacatchronicles at gmail.com if you want to chat. Or go ahead and just be cool and uh, subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend about the show. That's my favorite thing about how we can grow this podcast to tell one fan about this podcast and how each and every week we're in the car, riding to the games, chopping it up together. And let's see what these fans got to say on the Cat Calls line. Let me see if I got So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like... And a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Uh, yes, my name's Anthony Rochelle. I'm... A- Carolina Panthers fan since 1995, and I think that um, it was a good situation of getting a good coach that um, from college. We'll see what what happens this season. But I've been waiting for years for us to win a Super Bowl for my our team to go all the way. Um, this is Anthony Rochelle coming straight out of California. But I'm still representing for Carolina Panthers. All right. Thank you. Panthers. Word up. Keep pounding. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, Great name. Good, strong name right there. Anthony Rochelle from California. Thank you for your support and your call. Excited about bringing in the youthful Matt Rule. Right? And on top of that, really, we are really just – we're a college coaching squad right now. While they have padded it, 
with some guys that have some experience in different areas. We're talking about a head coach and an offensive coordinator who have zero NFL ex- Well, Joe Brady does have a little NFL experience. I don't know if just sitting in the room really counts, but maybe it helps. Guys, weeks out, how do we remain excited about these coaching decisions based on the disparity and the uncertainty of our situation going forward. Has anybody got more excited, Greg? We know it's not you. <laughs> and we can't hear you. In fact, yeah, you muted yeah, yourself yeah. because we don't even want to hear it. All right. Uh, Cody, Great. any thoughts on uh, weeks out of the coaching? Uh, are you are you optimistic about the future of this team when it comes to the staff that's being put together? I am, and I think one of the things that's been lost in all this is that we're building for longevity. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty going forward, but I've said it on the show before, uh, I could not be happier with the coaches that we have hired. Uh, I think that Matt Rule is the perfect motivator that we need on this football team right now, and Joe Brady is the definition of the offensive coordinator that, that I've been wanting here in Carolina for such a long time. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about everything coaching related. Greg, don't you know that your mother told you if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And let's see if you can say <laughs> anything at all right now. I can be nice about it. Like yeah. I said, I'm yet to be excited about the situation, <laughs> but I'm not going to be pessimistic about it. Okay. All I know is <clears throat> since Teppers came here, and now Matt Rule's here. I've lost Luke Keekley, I've lost Greg Olson, and I've, I'm I'm might be losing Cam Newton. So I'm I'm waiting for some good news to get excited. I'm not Poor gonna talk Susan. Trash. I'm not going to be salty. I'm just I'm just waiting for good news before I get excited. CK, so. poor Susan's out there paying for Matt Rule's contract. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems that way. Uh, <laughs> And I'm, I, you know, I'll be honest. If we're zero and eight, and I, you know, I'd love to be able to take some of those tickets off of our hands, but I'll tell you what, I'm not paying an increased price for them. I hate to say it, but yeah, is uh, how do we handle that four game package next year, CK? Yeah, right. can we cut you know, it down to one? Yeah, we uh, might end up having to do that. That's messed up. <laughs> can, All right, can, uh, any, can I ask you guys yeah. a legitimate question though? Sure. About about this David, just just since the David Tepper era, since he took over. What is a positive thing that's happened to this franchise? We've had two losing seasons, horribly losing seasons. Like, not just like, you know, uh, seven and nine, like horribly losing seasons. You know, kind of haven't had great, well, I guess we've had a decent draft. Uh, We've lost, you know, key players, Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Cam, maybe Cam Newton, uh, Luke Keekley. Like all Julius, well, Julius Pepper retired, so I can't really say anything about that. But I mean, give me some positive things about this Tepper era that's happened so far. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but that's the reason why I'm not as excited until I see something that excites me. Like Cody, what's tell him to open his eyes and look at the field. <laughs> well, okay. The first thing you ever did. I like that. I like that. <laughs> first thing the, you ever did. Right now, okay, that's the best one. thing we I'll got. Give you that. There's one. Prices have gone up though, so. Yeah, correct. And that's, I was going to say, you know, he's made a lot of moves um, that, you know, uh, seemingly we're listening to fans, but 
Uh, he's he's passed the honeymoon phase. I think you've seen that not only in the willingness for him to raise prices, but also for him to remove people's uh, seats uh, for the uh, Major League Soccer, which may or may not be a uh, rousing failure, right? So you never know. Um, I'd like to think that it's going to be successful, but I, I hate that people that, that have had seats for such a long time are no longer going to have those seats. And, you know, I think it's even more, you know, because I think Catman uh, Jr. lost his seats, you know, oh. which his dad, had, oh. his dad had had forever. Yeah. And Zay. I mean, they're, yeah. So, I mean, and it's, I mean, they're trying to uh, work with people, but uh, the problem is, I mean, you're talking about, the history for these people. These a lot of these people have had these had these seats for the entire history of the twenty five years with the the Carolina Panthers. So I mean, to to just I mean I could see I, I'm I'm on that side. The the part of this that I'll say the the positive, uh, as Greg was asking, is when Tepper sees something that he wants, he gets it right. Joe Brady, he got it. You know how that wasn't probably an easy decision, right? He he stole Matt Rule out from underneath the Giants. I guarantee you, the Giants were about to pay him, right? They were about to offer him a job. He was about to accept it and move on. David Tepper wanted him, and he got him, right? So I think we have a decisive owner, and I think that's something that uh, we haven't had in a while. Um, somebody who's willing to 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 put his money where his mouth is. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not something we all agree with, and that's where. Uh, the frustration comes from today with the non-committal answer and whatnot. I think uh, once again, if you read too much into it, I think you got en- enough of your answer about what we were going to be doing with Cam. But right. we'll see. One other thing is, is when it rains, we don't have to interrupt tango practice. Tango le- mm, lessons. Yes, the bubble, the, the practice bubble. bubble. Yeah. All right. The headquarters. Uh, I was going to say the headquarters, but that hasn't happened yet. So we'll leave all that off. The and board. if you're a charlatan, your taxes went up. Another good thing. Uh, mm. so, oh, wait, never mind. All right, let's go on to the next call. You guys, I'm going to go refresh my beverage to cover my back, all right? Yep. Gotcha. What's up, Seed 3 and Panther Nation? This is Theo from Asheville. I, um, so I've kind of got a question. You know, they're saying, there's reports coming out that the Panthers are kind of, kind of, they're, they're going to wait until March to see if Cam Newton's healthy to assess, mm-hmm. you know, whether we keep him or go a different route. But I just don't really see us waiting until March to assess Cam Newton and then maybe saying, like, oh, you know, he's not healthy and then getting rid of him. I, I think at that point it's going to be hard to get rid of Cam Newton. And, um, like, like you know, what what really are you going to get for a player of Cam Newton's caliber if you say, oh, well, he's not healthy, it's, he's not going to be very healthy this year. I just don't think we're going to get much in return for him. So, um, you know, in my opinion, it's starting to look like if we don't really hear, you know, a decision to get rid of Cam before March, I just think, I don't want to say we're going to be stuck with Cam, but, you know, it just kind of seems like that's that's going to have to be the decision that's going to be made. And, you know, I'm excited to see if we get Cam back, what he's able to do after he said he's got something to prove. But um, I also want to ask real quick, with so many holes in our team, do you guys really see it? you know, necessary to go out and draft a quarterback this year. You know, I think Andrew Thomas has been talked about on the podcast and, you know, with our defensive line, our secondary, basically everything looking like shit. What position do you guys 
really prioritize in this draft if it's not a quarterback and we end up keeping Cam Newton. Do uh, have the good work and uh, yeah, keep pounding, boys. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. So I w- I'll, I'll start by saying um, I would love nothing more than to take any other position. Uh, maybe not any other position, but uh, I, there are so many other players I would prefer to draft uh, than a quarterback this year. Um, knowing that the Panthers have never had a true franchise left tackle, I got to admit right now Andrew Thomas is kind of the apple of my eye at seven. Uh, but uh, Isaiah Simmons is up there really close too. Um, I mean, listen, man. Uh, and in my mind, this is what it boils down to. As much as I don't want to have to draft a quarterback, you cannot tell Carolina Panther fans going into next season to be confident that this is going to be a competing football team with Kyle Allen or Will Greer under center. I mean, you're you're sending a, a message that you don't like your own chances, and then, yeah, that's when these conversations about tanking arise. So, uh, I mean, here's the deal. If Cam Newton is not going to be the quarterback for the Panthers next year, we either have to bring in another one in free agency or we have to draft one. I mean, it's that simple. Kyle Allen and Will Greer are never going to be the answer, in my opinion. I think most people feel this way now. So, um, yeah, again, it's back to the Cam Newton situation that no one has a good answer to. All right. Any more comments? Yeah, I was going to say real quick, this is a tricky question. And uh, because for me, it all depends on what you do in the free agency. So for me, it's those are the two positions that, that, you know, uh, Andrews, so we said, the offensive tackle. Uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Thomas. Andrew yeah. Thomas, yeah, offensive tackle, and their left left tackle, and then the linebacker Simmons, right? Those are the yeah. two positions that I say you fill in free agency. If you don't fill those in free agency, for me, those are the two. One of those two guys is who you go after. But if you fill that in free agency, then for me, it's just best player available, and number seven. You know, because you you, you I mean, I I just think those are two positions that if we lock those up, it'll affect us the most. If we could lock those two positions up. I want like the most immediate and biggest effect. I want a D tackle yeah. or an, a left tackle at seven if we don't get a quarterback. And I don't really want a quarterback. I'm just ex- sort of excited by the two in name. Other than that, I don't give a crap. Uh, but for me, I, I do th- that Georgia guy, man. You add him, and then a lot of your From. problems get eliminated, like longevity issues for the future of that offensive line are helped a ton instead of hoping some of these guys work out. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep pushing through with the calls. What's up, guys? Kyle from VA. Uh, another Tuesday night, which means another edition of the Best Panther Podcast out there. Um, not really much to talk about at this part uh, still waiting on the combine in the draft obviously um, I mean there's a there's a lot of picks that people that the Panthers could pick but to me you can narrow it down to maybe three maybe four uh, if they're there then you go for them and then for me that's Andrew Thomas 
Nope. Um, you can go with uh, Isaiah Simmons. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just don't want Derrick Brown, dude. There's something about him. I'm not saying that he isn't talented, but... And comparing these two is just probably way, way off, but I don't know, man. I, Derrick Brown just seems like he's going to be a, as bad as Vernon Butler, but That's a sad similar, one. you know what I'm saying? And uh, those are the three main. I wouldn't mind Thomas or Simmons at all. It just depends on which one you want to put your faith in uh, for the first uh, number seven pick. Um Still talking about the Cam Newton situation when we all thought you know we were getting good news. I saw a little tweet Sean Merriman put out on Twitter the other day. I don't know how much merit that holds, but I just don't see how the Panthers could get rid of Cam this year after Luke retiring, after letting go of Greg. I mean, you got to sell tickets, and I, I just don't think you can get rid of Cam Newton. It's too many people. Uh, of this, uh, this fan base that love Cam Newton. And with the healthy Cam Newton, let's face it, man, we always have a chance to compete with the healthy Cam Newton. I don't care what you say. Not really much else that, um, there's really to talk about. Um, can't wait for the show. And as always, keep pounding. Man, thank you so much for the support yeah. on that. And uh, a lot of uh, agreement there. A lot of echoing Cody's sentiment when it comes to those draft picks. Can you comment a little bit on that defensive tackle, the Brown kid, and remind us of one of the calls last week or one of – I don't know who it was last week that was talking about <laughs> believing there was a higher – there's a lower, a higher floor for him than the Kinlaw kid, but a higher ceiling for Kinlaw. Is that his name? Yeah, meaning Derek Brown is probably the defensive tackle that you're going to draft right now, and you kind of know what he is. Dude, he's just a big, strong freak. I mean, you're going to play him at one technique uh, in in a in a, a four three. Uh, you can even put him at a zero as a pure nose tackle in a 3-4. Um, but he has the type of ability and speed um, um, and you know athleticism off the football that teams are going to want to put him at three technique. The, the comparison that I've been using for him is Fletcher Cox. If you look at what Fletcher Cox does for Philadelphia, I think a lot of people are going to want to put him in a similar scenario. But the dude is just powerful. Um, he doesn't. Um, I mean, he doesn't lose on on the line of scrimmage. Now, one of the things I'll say about both Brown and Javon Kinlaw is that they both need some pass rushing moves, meaning they can beat you, and they might have another move that they can hit you with if their initial strength and and their bull rush fails. But a lot of times, if they get blocked, they stay blocked. So you're talking about players that you're going to have to teach. You're going to have to build up. Um, but, I mean, listen, Derek Brown, I mean, if you look at what, what was ailing us last year uh, and just the ability to run the football all over us, let me tell you what. If you had Derek Brown in the middle and K1 Short and Gerald McCoy on either side, dude, that is a formidable or defensive K1 interior. Short. Brown and Leonard Williams. 
<laughs> you and your crush on, <laughs> on, on, on not gonna let Ellen go. Hey, you guys asked me to come up with something, and I had to go for something. Hey, dude, I'm not mad. My crush was Samuel Watkins a few years ago. Yeah, you're gonna okay, be trying well, to get well, him when the Chiefs cut him, probably. Dude, all, and he has a Super Bowl victory. I'm just saying. Um, but, uh, uh, anyway, I saw <laughs> some other things, and we're, yeah, and we're going. Works. We're gonna keep pushing through with these yeah. calls. I saw. What was it? Uh, some other names thinking about when it comes to free agency when we did not talk about was the tight end position. Actually, uh, CK did talk about it in addressing it with the draft. Now, maybe our coaching staff will be much you know, more conducive to putting in a guy at tight end who isn't 80 or 32 or whatever you have to be to play under Ron Rivera. Um, so you're going to see a little Ian Thomas. Hopefully we will not see any more of the other dude that much. But, um, you know, there's other names out there. Tyler Efert, uh, Hunter Henry. And I think the Chargers may uh, be franchise tagging Hunter Henry. I think that that's Probably. where they're going now yeah. that um, Phillip Rivers isn't there. But, again, man, when I look at some of those names that tight end, Eric Ebron was one you brought up, right? Austin, yeah, Austin yeah. Hooper, too. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to try to keep Hooper. Maybe they won't be able to. Ebron, I was high on him last year. Back down. I'm up and down every other year. So contact me he's in like a year. He's like 28, right? Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll be interested in him. But he dro- he's not. He's got the dropsies. And then Efert, when you look at it, is that dude ain't played at all. He's been hurt. He was. Hurt, he hurt. is. He is hurt. Like he's he's yeah. class, dude. Yeah. He. he if there's anybody that should have retired, it's him. Yeah. He had a great season like three seasons ago. He had like 13 or 14 touchdowns. He's had like back surgery every year since then. Yeah. I think so, it's Yeah, crazy. it's going to be tough. He only played like four games or six games last year. So some of the yeah. – though, I'm wor- I get worried about a couple of these guys that you're looking at. Another one, uh, when you look at these guys who are good but have um, – you know, it, who don't – oh, I know. It was the Sheriff kid. Sheriff. Sheriff. The Brandon Sheriff, the <laughs> – Guard from Washington, who's been great when he plays, but he's been hurt the whole every year. He misses some games. Like, like, like Reed. Yeah. Now, was it jo- jo- yeah, Jordan Reed. Washington. Yeah, who everybody Reed. says is the best tight end in the world. He never played. Um, all right, let's go to the next mm-hmm. call. Next up, Tyler Lovato. Before he gets back to work, let's see what you got. Hey, what's up, C Three Podcast? This is Lovato from OKC. What's up, Tyler? Um, I just wanted to talk about possibly keeping Cam and why I think it's too risky and why I think we should trade him and tank for Trevor mm-hmm. or Justin Fields. Uh, if we keep Cam next year and say, say he's good all year and we decide, okay, we're going to re-sign him, then we re-sign him, he ends up getting hurt or he's not the same player. He's getting old. And he's getting up there in age two. He's like, what, 30 now? He'll be... 32 on a rebuilding team like in two years I mean that you can do something with that but I'm it's too scary with all the injuries he has I think the best thing for our team I hate to say it because I love Cam too just as much as you guys but I really think the best thing for this rebuilding organization is to trade Cam get as much as you can for him don't take anything less than a second round pick though once you trade Cam you use this year to tank you build that line this year in the draft you get a linebacker in free agency, and you wait for next year's draft. Hopefully, you suck. You play Wilger all year. You know for a fact we're going to be a top 
pin pick with a real rogue rear out there. Let's be real. But that is not prompt. Okay. If you don't get the number one pick. We're not. We're not getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't care who the fuck is that number one. I don't care if it's the, the Packers the number one. They're gonna take Trevor Lawrence. They're gonna say fuck Aaron Rodgers. This guy is the best quarterback coming out <laughs> since Andrew Luck or maybe even Peyton Manning. I don't care if they have a quarterback or not. The number one pick will not be traded, and it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence. So we might not have a shot at Trevor, but we will have a shot at Justin Fields. We can trade some assets, try to get either Justin Fields or maybe we get lucky. We get we're the worst team in the NFL. We get Trevor Lawrence. That's when the dynasty starts. I'm so excited to lose every game next year. Let's fucking tank for Trevor or Justin Fields. Let's go, baby. Uh, Cody, you take that because I think we're overselling Trevor Lawrence. No, we're Cody's not, not going to agree with you on that. No, we're not overselling. <laughs> well, because I, I also, and I'm going to be a snob about this. I've also seen infinitely more actual Trevor Lawrence snaps than than Tony. But I don't blame him oh, for you yeah. know yeah. thinking. You've seen that, infinitely more I would not say infinite, but one or two I've snap, seen way snap, more shot. Trevor Lawrence than 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 you have. That's for damn sure. That's true. Um, but no, listen the point that I said earlier kinda of remains true. I mean, if you look at what the Dolphins did, they did everything in their power. To get the number one pick, they were trading people, mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick, Laramie Tunsil. They shipped them all out, did everything they could, and they still don't have the number one pick. That's now what you concerns might say. Me. Well, you might say they have the collateral to move. You know, if I mean the Bengals aren't going to move off of Joe Burrow unless you know the Dan Patrick rumors end up being true. But uh, you know, the Bengals aren't going to come off of Joe Burrow. So maybe you gather all the picks that Miami has to move up. Uh, I mean, listen, it, tanking is uh, – people uh, question if it's even real because it, these players aren't ever going to tank. Even if the organization is saying, okay, well, we have a quarterback in mind that we want next year. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, none of the players that you've signed, all the free agents, all the rookies that are – playing for more money in their second deal they're not just going to go out there and, and, and lay down because the organization decides hey there's a quarterback that we want next year and and listen man I'm the I'm Dolphins tanked and they still won five games right yeah they still won five how are they so fucking enough. far ahead of us how many did we win six uh, five we won five games they're five and eleven last year, and they yeah, get. Yeah, I think they're only like three spots ahead of us, right? Only yeah, they're five, red seven. They're five. Yeah, they're not that far ahead of us. That's a long ways um, away. But listen, let me just say Ooh. this to Tyler Lovato. Um, you know, I that that was who 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 the caller was, right, Tyler? Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so listen, I feel like even you know a few months ago to even recommend or suggest that Cam Newton not be on this football team was almost like an insult. Like, what? how dare you believe that? You don't believe in Cam Newton. Um, but I feel like now, it, you know, you can't be mad at, at Tyler for having an opinion like Man, that. Man, fuck that yeah. shit. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know I, we all, I, I want Cam Newton to come back. I, I mean, this is, this is all I've ever dreamed of 
of, of having for Cam Newton is an offensive coordinator with the ability and the talent to plan an offense around him that he'll be able to thrive in and do all the great Cam Newton things that we love to see Cam Newton do. But, uh, I mean, the injury history is real. I mean, if we're going to say that Tuba Tagovailoa's injury history is a concern, but then it's also a concern for a, a going to be 31-year-old quarterback that's already played uh, 10 years in the NFL. So, I, I mean, I, I understand that sentiment now of, of, of people that want Cam Newton to be the – the, the quarterback, but don't think he would. Couldn't you have um, quit? But couldn't you have, like, say Andrew Luck had not retired? Wait, hold on, Tony. Greg raised his hand so politely, <laughs> oh, okay. like a fourth grader. I did. I did. I did. Okay, so here's the only problem. I, I, I get what he's saying. There's a few problems I have with that mindset. I, one, I don't like tanking. I don't like the idea of it. I don't like, but I don't like tanking. But you're predicating that entire argument off a lot of what ifs. Like he started it out with, well, what if we sign Cam Newton and he plays well, or we, we let him play next year and then he plays well, and then he gets injured or doesn't play well after that? Chance you're going to take with anybody. You're, you're taking that chance with any player you put out there that they're not going to produce the next year, or they're going to get injured. So you can't you can't base your future on that happening because there's no guarantee it's going to happen. Now, even if you did decide to do this and trade Cam Newton, like we were saying, no guarantee you're going to get the first pick. You can win one game and still not get the first pick in theory. You know? So, I mean, there's no guarantee you're going to get the first pick. I I just don't like the idea of... And I get where he's coming from. and I, I do. I really do. He's ready for something. But it seems to me that you've already given up on Cam Newton. You're already saying when he comes back, he's going to fail and I'm planning for the future after he fails. You know? You, you, your best bet is to leave him where he's at. You're not going to get that play from, like I said, from anywhere else, $19 million. If he doesn't do well, then the next year you move on. You're in the same position anyway. The next year you got to move on. I know. If he so, gets hurt, you automatically tank. I do think you're right about that. Uh, but there is a scenario where tanking does work. And it happened in 2010 with the Carolina Panthers, and that's how we got Cam Newton. And when you Google, this is awesome, dude. When you Google Panthers tank, this is what I Googled, was Panthers tank in 2010. And then I found the first article I could that had to actually do with the Carolina Panthers. Most of them are like about World War II tanks and shit like this. (laughs) Somehow, though, in 2010... We traded a fifth-round pick to the Chiefs for a guy by the name of Tank Tyler. (laughs) This guy's picture. Oh, my God. His neck is the size of a howitzer. Oh, my goodness. He's a superhero. You know that, right? With with that kind of name and that kind of look. Tank Tyler? You're right. You were right. He is a a superhero. Turns out he's not a super... Uh, defensive tackle because nobody knows who the <laughs> fuck Tank Tyler is. Tanking, it's a tough decision to make. It usually Here's- comes from the ownership and general management because like what Cody has said. Correct, but here's the part of this that I think that is is tough and I, I, I want to read this because Tyler wants a you know, chance to you know I guess prove his point. 
he says, if we rebuild with Cam, our Super Bowl window will be so short. Um, which I could see a case for that, but I also see the opposite of that with Drew Brees, you know, his longevity in the league. Um, you know, you, if you build around, I'm not sitting here saying Cam Newton is that same type of quarterback, but I'm just saying that the ability for Cam to stay healthy um, isn't necessarily, uh, you know, a long shot. So I, I still th- see that as as being a priority. But um, let, let's even think about the 2010. We tanked in 2010 with a coach that we already had. I promise you, you did not lure. Matt rule to this organization by That's telling them you're going to tank next year. That's a good you He does you have to. Get... And this is what I heard a guy say on TV today. He needs to kind of, no matter how much money he makes, how long his contract is, there is still the, the, the cloud of being a college coach and not being able to work in the NFL. Yeah. He needs to prove NFL legitimacy Early. at some point. You yeah. can't. Yeah. And, and the same thing. Let's, let's even take him out of the equation. Do you think Joe Brady leaves LSU, which he just had like an incredible season, a championship? Do you leave a losing team, I mean a winning team, to go to a team just to tank? I mean, like he, he there are part, plenty of other uh, offensive coordinator positions that are going to be open to him after the you know coaching carousel took place. So why why land with the Panthers if you're told? Uh, I think that, this is a great point. Great point. CK. Yeah, why? Why? Yeah. I mean, you just don't lure people like that of the caliber of you. You know, Matt Rule. If you listen to him talk, he's a man of great integrity and character. Does tanking really come across as something that he would want to do? Right? Does so? That's why you know, in my heart of hearts, you know, if you will, uh, I believe Cam Newton stays because it gives not only the organization the best chance to succeed, but also Matt Rule and Joe Brady to prove that this league is something that they can take advantage of and they are able to actually uh, perform at a high level. Rex Smith Rex Smith says this, all of Brady's comments point to him wanting to work with Cam. I realize he doesn't have a say, but I agree with this point. Brady has indicated he wants Cam. You know, I think this is that what if you would be foolish to not want Cam Newton. If you mm-hmm. believe that he can give you 16 games and not be a guy that can't throw the ball. You know, if you look at Cam Newton and you see Cam Newton who couldn't get the ball down 20 yards down the field at the end of 2018, then, I mean, that's not the Cam Newton we really believe exists. That's taking us, you know, but you want Cam Newton. Thomas Davis, I heard today, uh, talking about this is that look is it don't matter if you get a great quarterback in the draft Cam Newton's a generational type talent and yeah. it don't matter if you get a number one ranked quarterback in the league or in the draft is that Cam Newton is a kind of a transcendent type of and not kind of he is a transcendent player so I don't want us to forget that but I do agree with you 100% on this uh, CK when it comes to these guys not want that not being in their DNA Right, winning, yeah. winning coaches, winning players, it's not in their DNA to take it off. But mm-hmm. here is the problem with this, and this is where Tyler Lovato's points reign solid in a lot of ways, is that while we look at how quickly an NFL team can turn things around, right? I mean, you can go in the NFL from the bottom to the top, 
In fact, just look at it. Whoever was at the top last year will likely not be at the top next year, right? The NFL is built to be what I've heard some people say, an 8-8 eight and eight league. You want every team to kind of be on par. Some people fall short of the 8-8. Eight and eight. Some people go to 12-4. and four. You know, so there's some... But it's meant to be everybody, you know, with the salary cap, with everything, with the way the rosters are structured, supposed to be parity. But the problem when we look at the Carolina Panthers roster is that other than Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, we really don't have a lot to build around. No. Mm. Well, that's the sad thing. That's the sad thing. Because there would be one thing if we're a team that's got a defensive front like the 49ers, then you add the fourth defensive guy to the front, you add the Bosa in, and all of a sudden you got a healthy quarterback and a new – but I don't know if the Carolina Panthers turn around. It just feels like it's getting further away than closer. Well, can I just say, I know that I've personally seen Cam Newton go 15-1 and with a running back that wasn't as good as Christian McCaffrey, offensive line that is at least at about the same level as what he has right now. Half the with- talent wide receiver. With wide receivers that aren't as good as, as as exactly aren't as good as DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, like I I've seen him do it with less talent. So give me a healthy Cam Newton, and I don't think no matter I think with what we got right now, you can't say we're tanking next year with that. Cam Newton's taken way lesser of a team, fifteen and one to a Super Bowl. Um, you know what? You really just changed my mind. Oh. Boom. Changed my mind. Cam Newton, give me Cam Newton, Chris McCaffrey, and fuck y'all. Sound kind of sad. <laughs> Cam Newton, know. Chris like, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Christian or uh, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel Christian. and a yeah. fucking offensive line that can stop a, a cold breeze would be fine with me. And I mean, uh, you, if you think about the offense, we we have we have an offense like. This whole rebuild part of it is is the tough part. Like we have a receiving core that showed out last year. Like even as bad as well, we that were, that is exaggerated. That's hyper. That's really D- DJ Moore DJ was Moore's like number three fourth. in the league in, yeah, in fourth, receiving yeah, yards. third or fourth. In, yeah, but you're yeah, also a team line. that's losing all the time, and all they Look do the is exactly. throw to one that- guy. And like I mean, he got so many looks. He was homeboys only. But what look. is that? Here's the part of it that I, 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 yes, he may have been the only look, but don't you think defensive saw that? And then guess what? He was still getting that look. And right? we cannot underestimate Christian McCaffrey, who had a historic season. I think Correct. that's one thing we, we completely just are like, oh, yeah. well, it was because it get it gets lost because the Panthers yeah. sucked. When you watch when you watch the highlights from DJ Moore's best plays, I mean you're yeah, seeing he's somebody awesome, who, dude. I like yeah. him. Yeah, he's he puts his heart and soul into making sure that he plays well for this team. He's like a and Steve so, Smith that doesn't punch his teammates in the face. Yeah, that would be an accurate statement. And then uh, fumbles the ball a little more. True. But I, I, also I, doesn't I do break his leg in the preseason. Over nothing. Yeah, yeah, heard, remember heard, when? Heard, do you remember that? That made me so 
fucking pissed. Yeah, I remember that. Steve Smith breaks his leg. He had two things. He broke his arm playing flag football. Like, how the fuck do you break your arm playing flag football, Steve Smith? Like, with wrecked people. Probably got in a fight in the process. And then, second of all, that one preseason game, he jumps over a dude trying to get one extra yard out of bounds and breaks his leg. Oh. So, mm, I love Steve Smith. Smitty. Punch someone. Come and punch <laughs> somebody in the face. If we trade Cam Newton away, come and punch Tepper in the face. <laughs> Next call. Oh. Hey, this is Tanner up in Elkin. Uh, forgive me if y'all already talked about it, but I wanted to ask about special teams. What you think about the signing of uh, Joey Sly? Ooh. And what's going on with Grenoble? <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Uh, all right, I'm going to open this up with I hate fucking Graham Gano, so I'm okay with not bringing him back. Joey Sly was no worse than Graham Gano. He was no, he may be a little bit worse at times. Um, I'm hoping Joey Sly comes out of it and uh, gets a year under his belt and gets comfortable next year. That's my hopes. Any thought on... Joey Sly, because he kind of became a punching bag, guys, at the end of the season. Or a punching bag for the 2019 season. I just love the competition. Um, I don't I don't want either of those guys to sleep easy. Amen. Because neither of them were, were clutch. They were hit or miss. Um, Graham going over the year before. We all remember uh, the Giants game hitting... Uh, the oh, big kick that he hit. Yeah, uh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. We have another guy that has a big leg that can kick from a million B- yards leg. away. But, yeah, but can you can you consistently hit from the 30? Like, that's what we need to know. That you Can, can you make a fucking do. extra point, asshole? Yeah, an extra point. Like, yeah, you, you can't – you shouldn't ever have to take uh, uh, an extra point for granted. Like, you should just know that you have the, the, the kicker. That's that's gonna do it, but can I can I say I wanted to in my in my three picks uh, things I wanted to do my my first thing was trade Graham Cano, <laughs> so, yeah. but I decided not to hey. go that route. Yeah, because nobody will and take I can him. Say, yeah, I can say you're right. Don't take extra points for like you, you should be able to take them for granted when they used to be from the two yard line. Now that it's like a twenty three yard field goal. I don't care who you are. If you kick enough of those, you're eventually going to miss one. Like that's why they moved it back, was because a, an extra point was so automatic, it made the game more boring. Sarah now, Taylor, how many jobs? Please tell Greg how many jobs you got. An extra point from the 23 yard line. Fuck off. Make that shit, you asshole. You have one job. I, I agree with you, but you know what, Tony? I'm on your side, man. The I hate whole Graham fucking no. I hate I'm him. cool. With, I'm cool with fly. So, I've spoken. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, uh, we will put this on the back burner, and we will hit it up in a minute after we get through these calls. There's still more to go, but uh, rules differences XFL. Uh, one of those is they've eliminated that extra point. Yep. And they've given you these three options. <laughs> Which I will say is super cool when they show you the options. They go, they got the line on the two, the five, and the ten, and you're like, oh, can you back up and be like, you know what? We changed our mind. Audible, we're going backwards and getting a ten. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. 
Uh, It is different. The XFL is different. And you know, uh, you know what was the most exciting about it, in my opinion, was that was how amazing the review process was. You liked it. Yeah, really? like I mean, you hear them actually talking about it. You hear well, they the, did that the in the AAF, and it was great. Yeah, so I mean, you hear the actual uh, the the justification as to, or the, even the process to how they come to the conclusion of this was a fumble, and this is what we're doing, and and so on and so forth. So I think, yeah, absolutely, I, I loved a lot of the roles that they had, but yeah, no, absolutely, I think that the. Uh, I almost would just rather get rid of the extra point at this point in, in my life because it's. I think you put your most skilled players on the team. Like it's what I talked about with the uh, off uh, the onside kick. You know, instead of doing an onside kick, make it that uh, fourth and fifteen, and then I like that. Yeah, put your best players on the team and let them be the deciding factor yeah. on how the game's going to go. Yep, the XFL debuted this past week. We'll talk about those rules in a moment. Let's keep going. The numbers two five two 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 eight. 1598, it's the C3 Panthers podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, as I hung up the phone for my first call. You remember Graham Gano sucked. Uh, to an ESPN article written by the biggest dumbass in the world, David Newton. <laughs> uh, where Cam, you know, Super Bowl weekend. Tough question, Cam, Newton, though. Be back with the Panthers, and, it was, and it quoted David Tepper saying, is he healthy? Tell me that, and then we can talk. And uh, I'm be honest, I'm I'm keeping up with the Panthers, but I haven't, I really haven't seen anybody talking about the Tepper response. Uh, just wondering if y'all heard about it, what you think about it, if there's more narrative to that uh, that story. Oh gosh. Um, I'm kind of juggling between the little bit of news in between off season and the combine and draft. There's not much really going on right now. And I'm getting ready for baseball season. Go Cardinals. Um, but, yeah, just wondering if y'all heard anything about that. And uh, if you could just explain a little bit more if you have heard about it. Because, yeah. to me, that doesn't sound very good. But I don't think David Tepper is stupid enough to trade away. He's been hurt for two years. But if you look at what Cam Newton is and what he's always been, Cam Newton is the, the life of this team and has been since the moment we drafted him. And to not give him, a, well, you got you got him on contract for you. To not I agree. Give him a shot at a clean bill of health Amen. and to earn his job back would just be disrespectful, man. I, you would have a a riot, motherfuckers. Fans just. Oh, I mean, sorry. I should not pretty. be cursing. Say so that. I think Cam Newton with a clean bill of health, man. He you're going to demonetize us, bro. Contract yeah, you're right. Years. Don't worry, we and, ain't monetized uh, either. Which you <laughs> we already are demonetized. Anyway, guys, keep All right, um, you know we addressed this a little bit earlier in the show, but let's just really quickly go around the horn. After you heard tough talking David Newton, and by the way, this was the best David Newton we've seen. This is the best David Newton we have seen in like five ever. Can was I still it- say that I was annoyed by it? Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was still annoyed by it. I, I think it might have been that, you know, so this was, this existed in you and you still, were, like, you're still the dumbass that you are? Like, so so what you're telling me is you've done what you've done by choice for your entire career. You know, so right. you've made that choice. <laughs> this was, you were capable of things like this and, and you made the choice to not do it. Um, anyway, 
He uh, asked the tough question. Overall, though, after the Tepper comments, are you more or less... Where are you at a little bit? A little bit more towards Cam coming back or a little less? Because the pendulum swings think, every week. I, I think Cody has kind of stabilized my my standpoint on that. Um, I don't think my position's changed. I don't think... I, I think his answer is solely just to uh, just give the media something. Instead, and it, Obviously, they're going to ask the question if he just says no comment... I mean, I feel like you have the exact same reaction, if not worse. Um, you know, people are going to read between the lines if you say no comment at that point or something crazy like that. So I, I'm at the same point that I was before the the video came out. Cody, what is the world? Everybody's saying he's still hurt. He's still with when he's healthy. When he's healthy, I see his ass walking around everywhere, Peloton, and what the hell's wrong with him? Yeah, and uh, he's also doing um, seven on seven football camps with high school quarterbacks and uh, he was out there moving around throwing the football people were sharing clips on it uh, uh, sharing clips of it on Twitter um, I mean listen and this isn't the popular answer but I mean this is what it is everybody I mean of course we're all going to speculate but we just got to chill man we just have to chill because right. I think everything is still on the table I, I, I think it's there's still a good chance that that Cam Newton is on this team next year. Um, I, I also oh, think that... Oh, gosh. Every other week, Cody's somewhere else, too. Well, I, th- listen, man. I'm saying <laughs> I'm if sorry, you look at all the things that, that, that we've said, you know, he's still under contract for another year. We know that Cam Newton has a lot to prove. Um, I, I think if anything, I've learned that um, you know Cam Newton might actually be willing to play under the the same final amount of money year. that you, yeah under yeah, the final that year does not seem and, and like go out he, there and throw the football yeah and so you take that one off the table and guess what it went now it's still fifty fifty yeah yeah right. let me ask you this just before we and this is something I wanted to bring up before. Um, do you think Cam is thinking about it from the perspective of being inspired and wanting to prove something this year? Or do you think that he believes the CBA gives him a, a whenever that's going to come out, what that's going to be in 2021, that's going to give him a, a place of more power when it comes to negotiating this contract? So do you think that by trying to push on a trade and push a, a better contract now, He's actually shooting himself because he doesn't know what that CBA is going to look like. So the value of what he does might be more substantial once that happens. My initial thought is this, is that players that got big D's like that, they're ready to bet on themselves. And yeah. so is that while we're sitting here going, he can make another $8 million over two years if he sits out or he forces this or that and it gets a three-year extension and gets cut after year two. My, you know, Cam Newton referenced Patrick Mahomes when he was talking about when he was at the Super Bowl and those same comments that we heard where he said he was absolutely coming back. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is seeing a new generation of Cam Newton supplant him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cam Newton, I think, is ready to show not only are you, should I be paid, but I'm going to show you why I should be paid. 
I'm ready for Cam. I think Cam Newton's ready to bet on himself. Maybe he's not. And and actually, and I think him deciding to sit out the 2019 season may be indicative of that. Is like he's saying this as I'm pushing my chips on 2020. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's a good possibility. You know, I I missed the beginning of this conversation, but I walked in the tail end of it, and you were talking about the CBA and it affecting quarterbacks and this and that. And that was one point that I wanted to bring up last week that I never got to. I I just forgot in the moment. That is another reason why Cam Newton is the best selection for right now, because you have one year to figure out if he's if he's a guy you want to, to be your guy. Because I'm sorry, if he goes 12 and four, wins the division, goes to the playoffs, there's no reason you don't re-sign him. I mean, if his contract year was the year he went 15 and one, would you not resign him the year after that? There's no reason in taking a chance on a, on a, somebody that's not proven versus somebody that's proven. But then it gives you the option before the new CBA kicks in to sign that that quarterback next year, rookie quarterback, for lock him in for five years before the CBA the new CBA starts. Because I, I guarantee you, the new CBA is going to be way more player friendly. Yep. Than the last I agree. one was. I agree. You're not so, going to so get no that, that, quarterback that, on no five years. Yeah, I agree. That, with that's that. another reason to give him one more chance, and then and then you know get a uh, quarterback on that last year of the CBA. So, but you won't by that time. The CB, I bet you the new CBA kicks in by that point. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, next call. Guys, Sir Mixalot was busy, and so he. Uh, I don't know how the hell he found old Joey Eskimo. But uh, he asked me over Twitter to ask y'all this question. He said, and his tweet was, I like Jake Button, I cannot lie. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Who the fuck is this guy? We cannot deny that that motherfucker ain't played no games. No games. Yep. (laughs) He never got to establish the butthole. Yes. Yeah, we want to jump in the butthole. What's up, Kurt? Chronicles, C3 oh, fan, what's D. up? Let's go, D. What's up, Cody? Cody. My man, Cody. What's up, CK? How's it going, brother? And last but not least, Stat Dad, Stat Daddy <laughs> is up, in the <laughs> What's up? What's up, fam? <laughs> What's yeah, up, I've been um the show they're talking about with the temper that camp thing. Here's my thing. And Cody, you was right when you were talking about the, the different play um like pro football folks that's all thinking Cam is acting like Cam is just on some middle of the pack quarterback that blah blah blah. Well, Cody, I agree with you. It is a bunch of shit. But here is my proclamation, Sam. Proclaim it. If we <laughs> make a, the dump, okay, trading Cam is one thing, but if we trade Cam Newton just to try to draft the, one of these quarterbacks, if it ain't Tua or Burrow, which I know it won't be Burrow, then that will be, and we draft a quarterback in the first round. If we get another pick for Cam, that's got to be one of the stupidest draft moves we've made in a while. I mean, there is, there's only like two good, 
quarterbacks in this draft. Cody, I'm disappointed in you. When you gave your scenario, you said Justin Herbert. Really, Cody, that guy, Justin Herbert is, reminds me of a, um, Jesus, what's that, what's that one dude's name? Uh, da 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 You remember the Keely Smith? A long time ago? Where Keely Smith? He was an average quarterback in college. He wasn't really that good. His junior year was, I mean, his one year, that one year was better than his and the year he came out, uh, Herbert is a one-hit wonder to me. He had a decent year last year. This year he was average. How do you know that, he, he shrinks in big Smith. games. We don't need somebody that's not. If you're going to get a Cam Newton replaced, you got to get a legitimate quarterback, and Herbert is not it. Mm. Who, who has love? Please. Love is a developmental quarterback, and that is at the best. But, yeah, I'm telling you now, boys, if Cam Newton leaves, I might leave with him. Mm. Whatever team he goes, I might follow. Oh, man. If he goes, I will follow him. Was that the end of the the call? So are we about to become a different podcast? He's got a part two. He's got a part two. Are we following Carl D? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look. If Cam Newton goes, I will cheer for him. You know, it's going to be one of those things is I'm going to root for him personally to succeed. Unless he's an Atlanta Falcon. Yeah, if he that's becomes a an Atlanta Falcon, then cost. he's fucking dead to me. Like, or a yeah. saint. Or, 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 or a saint. It would be Those even are the two. worse. Those are the two. Yeah, even, you're, right. Even, you're right. Even Tampa, even even Tampa even Bay. No, even yeah. ta- no, 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 no. I was about to say, even Tampa Bay. I don't really give a shit to be honest because Patriots I really don't like, care. Don't care. Yeah, I really like Bruce Arians too, and I actually think Cam Newton would do pretty badass under Bruce Arians' offense. Uh, but yeah, the Saints or the Falcons, I cannot pull for Cam anywhere else, dude. I'm fucking all aboard that Cam Newton train. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Panthers are still my my still my my number one team. I may know? have an issue if he goes to the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I might if he goes to the Cowboys. I would have an issue with that. I'd be all right. Cowboys. See, I don't know. Yeah, I just no, don't no. have. I, just I don't would continue to root for him to have team. personal success, and then root for those teams to not have like success. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys this year, right? or like it's <laughs> kind of like one of those things that yeah. you know when you play when a team, uh, when someone on your fantasy football lineup is playing the Panthers. And you're like, I really want them to have 140 yards receiving and two touchdowns, but the Panthers still to win by three. That's how I would feel about Cam Newton and another team. It's like I hope, like the only time I wouldn't cheer for him is if he was playing the Panthers. No. Yeah, and I still would be so resentful. Depending on the situation, I might cheer for him. I mean, I'm. A, I mean, well, ima- I, imagine the scenario, the question, though. Yeah. Imagine the scenario that we're playing the uh, the team that Cam Newton ends up going to, and that team just beats our ass. Oh, and Cam God. Newton, Cam, Cam Newton, yeah, Cam running around the stadium, yeah, right, <laughs> snatching down signs and shit, handing the, handing the ball to X teams fans, dancing and dabbing and super camming, and we're yeah, like trying to trying to get the wave going. 
Oh, that would just be God. absolutely miserable. Hey, real quick, Tony, before you uh, move on to the next call, or whatever we're going to do next, I would do want to point out, um, we were just talking about the CBA a second ago, so I looked it up real quick while the call was going on, and I don't know if it would go, like, I, from what I'm reading, some things from the new CBA will go into effect immediately, some things will take a year. Okay. Um, but there are nine issues right now that they're looking at that are major issues for the CBA that's holding, that's kind of what the reason why it's not been agreed upon yet. Which it's they're very optimistic state. from what I hear that it's yeah. not going to result in from a lot of reading. Yeah. Yeah. Things like, uh, good, but, but there are it, over, it, a lot of it's got to do with should we add a game seventeen? Yeah, seventeen games. That's that's what's holding it up right now, and they're eighteen game season, so it's revenue split, stadium credits, franchise tag, and fifth year option, eighteen game season, lifetime health care, the drug policy, commissioner's power, player safety, and former player benefits are the nine biggest issues in the CBA. None of that sounds like it's going to affect the game that much maybe minus the if you franchise were a player if you were a player which on that list do you fight the hardest to achieve um i mean not only one but if there are a couple that stand out to you for me i think the franchise tag would be one yep. that i would be fighting to get rid of number two is that i think that the lifetime health care is yep. like gotta be number one on their list. I would think that would be cooler than a greater revenue share, particularly for the young for the guys that don't last as long. I don't know how many years yeah. you would have to play in the NFL to get it, but those would be my two. If I'm a player, is I'm fighting to get rid of the franchise tag. I'm fighting to get lifelong health care, and I'm trying to negotiate an 18 game season to a 17 game season. I agree with you, man. Those two are the top two for me, too. And the lifetime healthcare is so, so important, man. Like, I don't understand. Baseball does this. I mean, in baseball, you play, I think, one or two, one out in the in the major leagues, and you have healthcare for the rest of your life. You can play one man, out. And those guys ain't again, getting, like, 27 surgeries. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's why it's easier Dude, but, for baseball to do it, because... Like they're like, oh, I've got to hang fucking nail. I got to miss twelve weeks, and then right. an NFL player like wrong. Mark Schlereth is going to come on and say, "I've had sixty-eight surgeries," and you're like, "Holy fuck, yeah. dude! Uh, stop getting moles removed, man!" <laughs> How do you have that many surgeries? Twenty-eight surgeries? I think he said that's crazy. All right, let's go on. Yeah, uh, I mean, oh, here, let me pass the mic real quick. If you guys are fighting, what are the ones on the list? CK, what's on the list for you if you're a player that you're fighting for? Out of those, it was, a, I think, revenue share, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the easiest one. And how yeah, does that work? Cool. How does that truly work? What does the revenue I share think, turn out to be? Because it's. I seems, think it has, I think it's got to be something that has to do with merchandise and like your. Uh, you know, so whatever your market share of what, what you've brought that team, right? You know, you can right. tell, like, based on your jersey sales, what portion of the team's. But does uh, it have to do with uh, TV with rights as well and streaming rights and, you know, the, the owners just, get 52%? Like, how does the player get it? Do they get a bonus check? Do they get it on a pension? I've I never wonder, heard does about this become this? like a. 
does become a player owned type of thing. Like, you know how there are some employers that uh, allow that do kind of like a stock purchase programs and stuff like that, um, or stock options and whatnot to have them be actual uh, profit sharing, things like that within the organization, within certain organizations. Uh, it has a lot to do with um, like stocks and, and, and owning part of the company. So I wonder if it has anything to do with that. Like it might be a fraction of the, the, the company but or the, the team, but maybe they actually kind of get into uh, partial ownership while they're on the team. And then when they leave, they can sell that share back to the owner or something crazy like that. Well, honestly, I'm sitting here reading up on it right now. Can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah, go it ahead. It says I'm the current CBA provides that players, provide, uh, players share the revenue at an average of 47% of league overall league revenue for the last 10 years of the deal. Uh, players are pushing for a sixty percent revenue uh, league revenue um, deal where they can get sixty percent of the league's entire revenue, which would make them get more money than the owners. I just want to know how they receive it, like how they. Actually... What I think, yeah, what I think is going to happen is they're going to it goes into the salary cap. It raises the salary yeah. cap, guaranteeing guaranteeing uh... bigger contracts. And I'm sure I'm sure there will probably be more rules. That uh, you can't go into a season with X amount of money in your salary cap. Like you have to spend this much money. Um, can I, I guys? I, I know that a couple of guys on this podcast are fans of The Office. Yep. I mm-hmm. would like to let you know that I have embarked on my Office journey, and I'm in nice. season four. I'm watching okay. it. So it's gotten I'm, really good now. So yeah, like three yeah. and four. The best. Three and four. Yeah. yeah, is that you know one and two thought you guys were overrating it i'm serious yeah. i thought i mean it's funny but it's like three and four is like right now it is the sweet spot but yeah, yeah it really is can i be three i think three through maybe six are about the best episode can Jesus. i be the michael Sorry, scott of this podcast and every time Please. someone says the word you already are Tony. you said. don't have to ask <laughs> matt rule I'm gonna say Matt Rule every time someone says the word rule, like any CBA rule, Matt Rule. That's what she said. Michael Scott, <laughs> and the, that was—it's like still he never stops within that. Yeah. Oh well, I'm glad we got you on board with it because uh, you've you've kind of had to go in blind to the references that we've been making for the past uh, year of being on the podcast. Yeah, uh, so right now I'm trying to uh, think can... my favorite episodes are right now at, uh, around this time is that uh, what was my f- all right well, I'll keep going let's go to the next call I'll take my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah my last call I said I might fall asleep but you know I, I'm always here for Cam if it wasn't for Cam Newton, the Pats would still be in, uh, what's that? We would still be like the Cleveland Browns were all the years. Mediocre. Good Yep. So. But I don't care if Andy and Mr. If Tampa raising ticket prices like that, that is a, that, that's a shame. You know, if you raise your ticket prices like that and you're going to get rid of Cam Newton, but don't have, but our product, oh, yeah. suck, but put a bad product on the field because you're trying to rebuild and that, and, and I'm going to have to change my view of Cam for, from, I'm going to have to put him a label as a, as a regular owner. 
Who don't give a damn about that? Oh, making a profit. Wow. But all day, like I said, that's that's smoke, yeah. Low that route, but I don't know. You guys tell me. Y'all tell me what is y'all. If the Panthers do such stupid, get rid of Cam Newton, but don't have a backup plan, a great backup plan, it has to be. If you're going to get rid of Newton, then what are your guys going to do? I just, y'all just stay put. Y'all going to follow Cam Newton wherever he goes. You're going to remain a Wherever you go, I will follow him. David Chapman. All right. Thanks, Carl D. The question is this, ultimately, is is David Tepper really just another owner? That's a scary fucking comment right there. Dude, it's like I said just a few minutes ago, man. There's really been nothing, that, uh, not a lot, not nothing. There's not a lot of po- positives you can take out of Dave Tepper's tenure just so yet, far in Carolina. He did take over we, a disaster. He did take over well, Scandal. Well, no, no, he, he took Florida. over. A, he, he took over a team a year after being fifteen and one. But it was amidst <laughs> Gene Friday. It was amidst. No, he took over for the right before the twenty eighteen season. So we had a bad season twenty sixteen. We went to the. Uh, the playoffs in 2017. I thought he's been those three years. No, oh, wait, two years. 2020, isn't it? Yep. Is it two years? Yep. Okay. Yep, two years. Oh, so okay. 2018, well, 2019. But still, I but, think it's an interesting point is that right now we haven't seen, other than the field change and the bubble, we haven't had other than – he's been very fun. He's been fun to this part. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, once you start talking about our boy Cam, all of a sudden, Mama Bear, that's what my friend on Pirate Radio calls me, is Cam's Mama Bear. You know, I, my hair is standing up on the back of my neck ready to fight when you're talking about Cam. And then you hear shit like the... It's really been... I mean, I guess this is the time you do it. You take the seats out. You fuck with people right now. You raise their ticket prices and the story goes away later. Maybe. I don't Establish know. a new fan I base. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, next call. Oh, favorite I episode guess. so far? Business school. <laughs> That's a right I got two yeah. things. That's a good episode. Both of them have to do with Cam Newton. Number one. This is Joey Esquivel. What's up, my man? Do you know, really? Because, like, Cam Newton, they say, didn't y'all say that Joe Burrow's family was saying something about they're not so sure about him going to Cincinnati. Which actually seems weird. Because, different. You know, just a little bit ago, they were saying, oh, we're Brad Dugan with a kind of anyway, comment of the night in the chat. The, the Bengals, they're so <laughs> archaic. I don't even think it's they the have worst like, thing he's uh, done. Twitter. Like, I don't even think they have social media. Like, that's how archaic they are. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they do, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they don't. So, for all we know, the Bengals could take Chase Young from Ohio State because, oh, we're just going to stick with Dalton because, oh, well, we are content with being what we've always been. You know, we don't want to upgrade anything, even our roster. Ron Rivera will trade Uh, up. So, that's my (laughs) point about the Bengals. No one knows what the Bengals are going to do. Not even beat reporters. No one. I don't even think the Bengals know what they're going to do. But, and number two, <laughs> yeah. how about <laughs> to the Chargers? 
for their first round pick this year and Thomas Davis. And we give them we keep uh, Thomas Davis back. Whatever <laughs> linebacker we have now. That would be some <laughs> shit, wouldn't it? Would that would be, would, be cool, though. It, can't, it would feel very bittersweet without Luke, but God, I think I would love to have TD back. Um, Maybe it'll bring Luke back. I don't think. Uh, I mean, he didn't look bad, but I, I don't think I'd want him back at this point. Brad Dugan uh, also brings up the fact that David Tepper put ketchup on his steak. <laughs> what has gone right? The honeymoon well, is over. Know, uh, a pet, dude. You know, apparently, uh, this is a thing. And Patrick Mahomes does it too. Patrick Mahomes is a is a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, David Tepper's a billionaire. I know. Maybe we're fucking off the mark, right? Maybe we're the fucking losers that we're not smart enough to put ketchup on our steaks, man. No, no. Here's the thing: is we haven't had, we haven't had, we don't got the the D's big enough to walk into a Ruth Chris and order an eighty five dollar steak and ask for the fucking Heinz for whatever the hunts. Or the fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. Is, would you like some A1? No, thank you. You should get slapped in the I'd face, like dude. Ketchup. I went to Johnson & Wells in Charlotte and Charleston Culinary School. I love cooking. If you put a damn ketchup on your steak, you should be slapped in the damn <laughs> if face. It turns out that's what poor people think. Or... Rich or people to get to do whatever the fuck they want. They could put whipped cream on that bitch and be like, ha ha, motherfuckers. sandwich. <laughs> Uh, I just took uh, this $100 steak and I fucking put it on white Wonder Wonder Bread and ate it as a sandwich. That's what you can do when you're a billionaire, I guess. Do you hear Jeff Bezos, off topic, but Jeff Bezos, they're asking him, like, what the fuck do you do when you're a 127 billionaire? And by the way, that is twelve. That is ten times more rich than fucking Tepper is, or whatever. Uh, he said at this point, yeah, no. He said at this point, I really have nothing to do but to pour my money into my space hobby. My space hobby. Like I'm into yeah, this yeah. space shit. I guess. Like I'm gonna fucking catch up with that Elon Musk asshole. All right. I'd, like to, I'd like to play with asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> Next call. I got two things. Oh, we already did this one. Next one. So, oh, it's hey. almost 10 o'clock. As, um, oh, no. It's almost 11.30, Joey Esquivel, and we will not <laughs> shut the fuck up. At the rate we're going, which is fun because I love talking about Panthers football. And really, I wouldn't mind going until 6 a.m. Oh, that's what I'm she said. I'm off tomorrow. Let's no do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we went home last season. And I don't think we want to do that again. But I was going to say, uh, since it never got acknowledged on the chat room, why don't we sign Bradbury for 10 years just to piss uh, uh, Brandon Herbert off? Give him the Bobby Bonilla contract. (laughs) I I don't know. That's a good way to end the calls. He needs to call. Let us know he's okay. Ice me up for saying sign Bradbury for 10 years. 
No. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Herbert just fucking blew a gasket, you man. Know. Love That's it. Probably my Thank really you, Joey. Uh, so you you dropped the Michael <laughs> Scott <laughs> reference. You dropped yep. Michael's yep. my favorite, and I can't. I don't know if I should say it on television. But when he said, when he called home, he said, you don't call a retarded person retarded. <laughs> you call your friends retarded when they're acting retarded. Because <laughs> 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 he called the uh, oh boy faggy. <laughs> yeah. Oscar. <laughs> oh, he's grown on me, man. It's kind of like you know, I feel like the office is kind of going to be my Zoolander. You, you know, with those characters, you really do. Yeah. You know what watch I felt again? Watching watching the David Tepper interview reminded me, for whatever reason, like of uh, Oscar when he was denying that he was gay. <laughs> I'm not gay. I'm not. And then within that, right at the end, he just got I'm so gay. tired of it. He's like, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just, I just, I was really hoping that that was going to drop there at the end. Like, All right. I got a question for you, CK. You have, like, yeah, you have talked about this office girls podcast. I tried to listen to the first episode. It was so boring. I, uh, you got, uh, I think you have to like, probably watch every episode of the office three or four times before you really yeah because you're actually looking at all the little things that they're talking about oh my gosh did i miss that because you think you know everything about it like i'm i'm not even kidding with you uh when i tell you this tony i watch the office probably twice a year the entire season wow yeah i think actually my what the way i judge if i like an episode or like how much i like an episode is like based on how good the prank on dwight is yeah, <laughs> like, and I love <laughs> Dwight. Like, I fucking love Dwight. I love Dwight. But I tell you, the two pranks that have just fucking got me off of my rocker is when they talked to him from the computer, and he thought <laughs> yeah. the computer had come to life. That shit, fucking. And what was the other one? There was another prank they did on him. And I just lost it. I was just like, oh, but okay. Anyway, we're off topic. It's 1130. On my podcast, we call this Chasing Squirrels. Just so you know. That's what we just okay. said. We just chased a squirrel. Okay. So, <laughs> we're chasing Dwight. The, the chat has, has they have never even watched The Office. We're, we're boring Brad Dugan at this point. <laughs> well, look, I uh, fought it, Brad. I fought it. I fought it, good. and I fought it, and no. I fought it, and I've started watching it. I would say this. Is give it past, get to three quarters of season two. Yeah, hundred percent. And then it really starts. I think we're starting to hit what I believe makes good, sh- good television, and why Netflix. No, I think that uh, it's about character development. You know, <laughs> as I'm starting to become invested in people, like I like Dwight. I like Michael. I want to fuck Jan. Like all of these See, things are, like, are going on in my head. Now I feel like we're on my podcast. We're sitting here breaking down a television show. Okay. All right. Let's get on. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So, uh, guys, the last thing is this is quickly are there any rules from the XFL or things that you saw in this past week that you think will influence? the NFL. I heard 
a great discussion, and I forget which Fox Sports radio show it was on because I listen to you know radio when I'm riding around a lot of times. And they were saying this is that right now the XFL has a product that has kind of differentiated itself from the NFL a little uh-huh. bit. Like it's NFL, but it has some things that are really cool that could be built upon. But what happens if the league you're trying to compete with steals your ideas, i.e. make some changes to the kickoff, make some changes to how they do the booth review, make some changes how they're going to do the extra point. Can they steal the thunder and the that, new, that newness or novelty of the XFL? So with that being said, are there any... XFL rules that you think creep into and AAF rules that creep into the NFL after the and do you guys really think the XFL is going to work? Vince McMahon says three years. He's funding it for three years no matter what. Yeah, I think that that's the thing. You have to have the ability to get uh, people involved for more than one season, right? That's the issue. People are hesitant to put their uh, effort. I mean, let's be honest. An entire season of the NFL is exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. When you sit there and think about it. Um, we For miss who? it when it's not around, but it is exhausting. For us? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's nothing like a basketball or a baseball season. I think it's perfect. Correct. Correct. And, and actually, I'm worried about them adding more games, to be honest. is like I am ready for Sundays where I get to, like, clean my fucking kitchen. I would like – because the 17-game season is the consensus on where it's probably going to fall. Um, I'd be interested to see how they make that 17 because that means that either one person has an extra home game or they have to figure out a neutral ground in which these teams are going to be playing. Right. Which yeah. may be London or Canada or something crazy. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think I, I really and honestly, I believe with with this, what we see with the NFL is the frustration with the officiating. Hey, a lot man. of people feel like, yeah, the, a lot of people feel like the the way that t- you know the games have been officiated, not only just this past year but for the past decade, has dictated the way that the seasons have ended. So uh, you know, if and, and that's what you, if you look at Green Bay, we're going to talk about this for a second. They had some, uh, they had an astronomical amount of things fall their way. For a astronomical, decade, yeah, for yeah. A whole and, and so when you see that, and you you try to actually make this ju- to be able to see what's going through their mind to make that justification to see the way that these alternative leagues were utilizing the official review as a way of saying. Hey, let's make sure the viewers are in on this to see why we made this decision. That it's not just about um, we think that this is the case. It's you know we're human beings. We're seeing just what you see, and we have to try to be as unbiased about this as possible. And I think that also not only does it uh, uh, abate the the frustrations fans have, but I think it also makes them more uh, more consistent Honest. with what they're calling. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. It, and, and not, to be, being, uh, not being uh, biased towards one side or the other mm-hmm. because now they're in the public view of why they're making that decision. It's not just, all right, we're going to say this from our safety of our broadcasting area in New York, and then we're going to have these refs on the field be the 
the people who are handling, you know, having to deal with the wrath of it. Because when they do an official review, it's not up to the field judge; it's up to New York. And so, but you know, who do we blame? Is that ref right there in front of them? So, uh, yeah, I think it, I, I like that transparency a lot. I think that, that goes uh, goes hand in hand. But I'll let somebody else take the kickoff. Uh, well, for for me, uh, I think that the XFL is go well. I like the kickoff rule. I don't know if we're talking about a rule or if we think of the XFL is going to survive, but I like the kickoff rule. I think that kickoff, the way they do it in the XFL, is going to be interpreted in the NFL because it's a way to still have kickoffs and have player safety. Which is great because I think that's a great point, Greg, because it's kind of – we kind of – I'm kind of irritated about the talk of them working returns out of the game. Yeah. But I also don't want to be an, idiot, an asshole for not making things better, right? Like right. for and, and players. This rule actually kind yeah. of fixes yeah. both those problems, which is cool. Um, but I, th- I think the XFL is going to survive for a couple of reasons, um, or not more than a couple. One, it's Vince McMahon. The guys, and uh, I'm a big wrestling fan growing up. Uh, you know, he's an East Carolina University now. alumni, which is my alma mater and where I live at. I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But um, he's an amazing businessman. He knows how to entertain. He does. He takes a fake sport and makes it a worldwide phenomenon. A fake sport. Not not saying that these I mean, guys aren't really doing this. This motherfucker puts ketchup on his steak, and all of a sudden, everybody does it. Yeah. He, he produces movie stars from, from his business. He knows what he's doing. Okay. So... I think with that being said, he's gonna he's gonna be successful. He's also been through this before, knows his pitfalls, knows why he failed last time. He's gonna avoid all that this time. Um, he has the money to back it. He's already supported it three years, so he's not gonna run into the problem the AAF had of not being able to fund what's going on. Even if they don't have ticket sales and make money in the next three years, he yeah, has the money to fund work. it. Going yeah, on. that's what I've heard. He's also exactly. got a TV deal right now that is with yeah. the networks. He, with two, exactly. you got the Fox and ESPN. Fox yeah. and yeah, exactly. And, and even if it folds, he's still got the WWE fallback on. He's oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Which I also like, heard should Jeff Bezos buy the WWE? <laughs> That's what another thing I've I heard. Don't think, I don't think the man will ever sell it. To be honest with you, why? Why would you? It's your golden goose, man. Yeah, you you rule the wrestling world. Why? Why would you do that? You're you're. Uh, but three, I think that um, I think that. And I was telling Cody this earlier. What the XFL did was they sat back and they learned from what they the mistakes they made last time. They took the same game the NFL does, and they looked at everything that the, that the fans were complaining about in the NFL. Because here's the thing about the NFL. It's a monopoly. If you like football, you're going to watch the NFL, period. You're not yeah, going to go watch the football. Yeah, it doesn't matter you're not if your go watch team gets football fucked by a yeah. flag or whatever. You're just coming back. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're going to watch football, okay, period. But when another when another franchise like the XFL comes in and they say, okay, the, the NFL fans don't like this and this and this, we're going to change that. Well, even though you have eight teams and it's a brand new thing, a lot of people might be like, well, I'd kind of like to see it the way I want it to be or see this problem be fixed. And they're doing a good job of attacking that. I think the XFL is going to succeed. I don't know if they'll ever compete with the NFL as far as uh, money goes, but I they're think not. that in the future... In the future, the XFL is going to be the minor leagues for the, for the NFL. If they could rob some players, man, 
will be interesting to see it's, what happens. I think. I th- well, there, I think that this would be, and they talked about it being a developmental league, right? And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily just about you know what it'll be. competing with the NFL. That's why they're not having the games on the same weekends the NFL is because they know they're not going to win that. They're basically trying to provide, especially being that this is before the draft, right? You know, they have all of these players, and if there's an opportunity, if if they can actually get the NFL Players Association to actually sign off on the the never going to happen. It's not going to happen. If they could, I'm saying as a as a kind of like a minor league. I mean, you're giving guys jobs that don't have jobs, right? At the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You're giving guys opportunities they haven't had. Uh, the a- nobody's FL though signed people like Herschel Walker. They signed Steve Young. What the XFL may be trying to do is can we get Trevor Lawrence a year before he goes into the NFL? Well, when they get okay. one college player that says "fuck this," I'm ready to go and make. $800,000 instead of playing my junior year in college. The NFL will not take me. Wow. That's going to be... It's, about, it's bound to happen. It's yeah, bound to happen. It's got to happen. Because yeah, like there are the so way. many cats that are dying to make... Like, Would you fault someone if they were a music major in college and someone offered them a $500,000 paycheck the next year? Not at fucking all. That's what I'm I, I think the XFL is going to do one of two things to college football. It's either going to kill college football altogether, because if I'm getting out of high school and I'm a I'm a top prospect, I don't know, think they have fucked those rules up. You can't come straight out of high school in the XFL yet. I think you still have to, okay. you have to do two years in okay. college. Two years. Okay. It's I didn't three know that. years that, that for the everything. NFL, that though. I think. Okay. So okay. interesting, uh, that, that, Cody. That kills my argument. Okay. Cody, anything about the XFL that you think could influence the NFL? Um, I mean, I, I like how in depth it is. They're trying to really get in the huddle and let you hear the. Uh, can they the, keep the that up, Cody? The can they really? Can they really keep no, that up? I'm worried about that. I like was, it, but I'm was, worried about it. That was one of the things I liked the most. But I, I feel like eventually you're gonna run into problems. Of, you have to change well, your calls hearing, every yeah, week. You're hearing the play call. I, I just I don't know how that how that would work. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, even small changes like um, it, the the one that stick, uh, that stuck out the most. And you you, uh, you guys already mentioned it is the kickoff rule. I think over time, I mean, it's it, if it's healthier. For the uh, players, and it uh, allows for more, um, you know, potential to take it to the house. I'm in for it. Um, but other than that, I mean, nothing yet has kind of. Been did you even watch it? Did me. you watch no, it? No, well, okay, I, I I did because Greg Olson was commenting. Oh, you watched that one? I didn't watch that. Yeah. Was he good? Uh, no, I, I I watched a little bit of uh of of two of them. Was and, he good? I mean, was Greg Olson good? Oh, he was incredible. Okay. And Greg Olson is is great every time he's on there. He's insightful. He provides real knowledgeable information about football and what you're watching. He's not just some Booger McFarlane idiot. Uh, hey, oh, you know God. the other team yeah. has to score more points in order to win. Yeah, hey, cool, Booger. So glad you're here, dude. 
Um, <laughs> but, but but yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm not like I said. I'm not ever about to be a fan of the XFL, man. Listen, I have until Trevor Lawrence foregoes yeah, his junior uh, season and goes into the XFL, and all of a sudden you will be a Dallas Renegades fan with me. <laughs> yeah, uh, get back with me when that happens. Okay. And, and, and until then, uh, but yeah. I, I okay. Don't know. I think I'll just uh, watch the highlights on Twitter. All right, let's get out of here tonight. I will's last my last comment about the office. My I remembered the favorite prank. My favorite prank so far on Dwight has been when they made him think that tomorrow was Saturday and tomorrow <laughs> was Friday. <laughs> that is my favorite prank. And that one, they sold it really well. All right. So it's the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live on Tuesday nights. When we have nothing to talk about, we go three hours. Check us out next Tuesday when we have nothing to talk about and we try to go for four hours. And like Joey Escovel said, six hours. Hit him up, CK. That's what she said. All right, so now we're going to get to the final uh, segment of the show, which she did not say. Ice up, son. She said heat up, son. No, it's the ice up, son segment of the week where we try to uh, tell where it's free reign. It's where we get it's our homage to Steve Smith. where We tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Cody, I should ice up polls, but I'll let you ice up whatever you want. And we all know who's going to be the last one to be iced up, I think. But, uh, you know, listen, I've I've mentioned this um, on the podcast before. I could talk just as long about MMA as I could about football. I've been a diehard MMA fan since I was 15. And this past weekend, Dominic Reyes fought John Jones. And just for some context here, John Jones is probably the best fighter that I've ever seen in my life. Everything that he's done, his body of work, uh, I mean, the, the guy is, is an all-time great, and he's like 32 years old. Um, but that said, I have never in my life scored a fight in a decision for anyone other than John Jones. So every time John Jones ever went to a decision, I thought John Jones won the fight, even in some of his more back-and-forth fights. Well, this Saturday night, Dominic Reyes, in my mind, kicked John Jones's ass for three rounds. Now, granted, John Jones did win the final two championship rounds pretty handily. But John Jones would go on to win the fight by unanimous decision. And one of the judges scored the card four rounds to one for John Jones. And this is such a problem in MMA where these judges have no idea what they're looking at. Uh, I mean, they really should not be in a position to judge fights. Because Dominic Reyes did something that no one else has ever done. He put it to John Jones, and he should have won a decision. But now because of these incredibly incompetent judges, I mean, he might never get the chance to be that close to beat John Jones ever again. And he's going to have to do it all over. I just think it's so stupid. Um, and and yeah, man, to all these incompetent judges in both MMA and boxing that take the victory away from the rightful winner, it's that's bullshit, man. So uh, to all the judges in the state of Texas that officiated that fight, 
Ice up, son. All right. Uh, my ice up pick this week goes to someone who I love. Someone who has brought me through the moments of puberty. Elizabeth Hurley. My <laughs> fucking favorite. Elizabeth Hurley. I've got two. Um, Elizabeth Hurley and hold up. What was Tom? Katie Holmes. These are my two. Well, this got a thing for. Elizabeth Hurley says at 54 claims she is much too old to wear a two-piece bikini a bikini at the beach. She says she will she will wear it in private, but I will but she will not. She's too old to wear and by uh her own swimwear line at the beach uh, at the beach. And uh let me tell you this, is go look at her fucking Instagram. Baby girl. Baby girl. <laughs> which is not baby girl. How the, old is this a nice up pick? She's 54 <laughs> years old. Baby girl, not wearing a bikini in public is a disservice to all of us. You were still freaking amazing, woman. And the only thing I will say is get that hair back to that dark, dark, dark hair color you used to have back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> but other than that, you keep doing what you're doing except for going to these one pieces in public not into that elizabeth hurley you're still phenomenal and uh guess what take that nick montero out of the closet on that ice up to uh, elizabeth hurley feeling old and not as sexy as she is good ice (laughs) i gotta ice myself up i mean you know they say put some ice They say, yeah, I'd uh, say after that, you need to ice yourself up for sure. Go to the bathroom and do that. Woo! It's hot. They say that, they say that uh, women age like wine and men age like cheese. <laughs> no, that's actually Usually men do age pretty well. At least in the movie uh, business, right? Uh, but Clooney, uh, if you're rich, if you're in the course, movie business, yeah. you better age well, no matter what you. Want. Gray hair makes right. you distinguished as a male. As a woman, it's usually not. You know, they're trying to hold on to their youth a little bit more. The old guy can be an old, good-looking dude. A little bit easier. <laughs> it's my thing. But I maybe do. you're right. I All do. I know is this: is Elizabeth Hurley. I want to drink your wine. Look, Tony Brett, Tony's going to be doing more than icing her up, if you know what I mean. That's right. All right, I will ice her old ass up. If she got an achy butt bone, I am there to ice it up. All right, who wants next? Oh, gosh. Okay, you want me? No, no, you guys go. You guys go. Who's left? Uh, I I got one here. Um, This one's uh, off the wall for me, but I'm icing up PETA. Um, oh, two weeks the, in a uh, row, Peter gets ice up. Did they get ice up last week? Yeah. What did you ice them up for? Am I some, the same thing? I hope not. Who was it that got him last week? Wasn't it Cody? Nah, not no, not Oh, no, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, I was going to say, I don't want to do the same one. Uh, well, okay, so Peter does a bunch of crazy shit, y'all. Like, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, they're fucking let's get this straight. ignoramuses. 
Think they are, man. Like one. Pre- here's my favorite man. story by Peter. Is one old one lady one time who was a CEO or president or whatever the fuck volunteer CEO of Peta said that she wanted to have her body symbolically barbecued to, <laughs> to fight people who <laughs> eat me. <laughs> Why? All right. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, but no, like Peta, they're 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 morons. And like, look. I'm sorry, Peta, but like your argument against you know animals is they're living, breathing creatures. They don't deserve to be eaten. This and that. I get that. Like certain animals don't. I don't get want to eat a dog. I don't eat a cat. They're my pets. Okay. Um. But guess what else is living and breathing animal or living and breathing organisms? Plants. Fire ants. So what oh. the hell do you want us to eat? Like if we don't eat animals, or plants. But that's not my ice up. My ice up is they came out with an announcement last week. <clears throat> And this is after they've already said they wanted fish to be called sea kittens, so that way people wouldn't eat them. Because because we're so stupid that if we could change the name of fish to kittens, we won't want to eat them. Like I don't know why they're thinking we're so dumb. No, we'll but start eating land kittens next. <laughs> right. <laughs> they came out with a statement last week saying they wanted people to stop calling their pets pets. Oh, I heard this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because... Because to the pet, it is derogatory <laughs> and condescending. Okay? So, I, I, I They are dogs. your slaves. I love animals. I've had fish. I've had cats. I, lo- I love animals. I'm an animal lover, man. I really am. Um, I've never had an animal that knew what condescending meant. Or, 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 or derogatory. Or, or that cared that I called him pet. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But here's the thing. They don't want you to call them pets anymore. They want you to call them companions, okay? And I'm going to steal this joke from where I heard this story from, which is the Woody and Wilcox show, great show out of Charlotte. Um, do you really want to tell your friends that you're watching your companion lick crotch all night? <laughs> I walk my companion, my companion and, wa- or and my look at his butthole for 12 minutes to see if he's going to shit. Right. My companion <laughs> drug her ass across the ground, across the carpet. I had to take my companion outside to shit. Do you really want to say that? My like, companion that wants better? to wear a one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> if you if you think that your pets can understand the difference in derogatory and condescending things, then they can also understand when you're lying to them and calling them a companion. So, to PETA, y'all are a bunch of morons. You waste your time doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. Nobody care. Well, people oh, obviously Oh, look, it's my little asshole companion Chase that just walked in the room. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Probably just tipped the so trash Peter, can over. <laughs> Dapita, go ahead and ice up, man. Y'all are a bunch of morons. All right. See, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, one t- <laughs> that- foremost, yeah. Isn't Pet in their name? Like, isn't Pet is in their name. P-E-T-A. Anyway, um... But also, I feel like if I start calling my dog my companion, people are going to think I'm fucking her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry for that. I'm telling you, my longest running joke is, is I've never looked so intently at somebody's asshole than my dog's. <laughs> like, I walk my dog, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching his asshole. Like, I think he's got a shit. Come on. Come on, man. He's got a shit. Come on. I'm watching him shit. And it's like, God, this is fucking weird. <laughs> but anyway, you know, my, my eyes up pick could be quite simple. We mentioned I mentioned it earlier and you know, I think Cody you told me that this should be my eyes up pick tonight, but um 
any anybody who believes Taysom Hill is their franchise quarterback <laughs> is just completely uh, lost their mind. They uh, also call their pets companions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And Taysom, so, so this the, is my the, companion the story, franchise quarterback. The story is that the New Orleans Saints believe with every fiber of their being that Taysom Hill is the future of their organization, right? Well, um, they started straight Bridgewater instead, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, right? Yeah. And you look at all this. Let's also look at the fact that Teddy, I mean, that uh, Taysom Hill is just about the same age as Cam Newton. So you're not talking about somebody who's been in the league for, uh, you know, what, you know, uh, seven, eight years now. Uh, you know, he's he's not uh, a spring chicken, as they say. Uh, you know, and, and he's, he's under the impression he wants to leave if New Orleans isn't going to be playing him as a starter. Like, and I'm just saying, you've created this arrogance, man. You've thrown 15 balls in the NFL in, in like seven or eight years, like in, in a real game. It's absolutely mm-hmm. asinine for you to believe that you're going to be something special in this league. Um, even the, So you've been on the Saints team for longer than Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater was still their go-to when they had to have a starting quarterback for five games this mm-hmm. year. Except for uh, six passes. Yeah, so the, the the reality of the the situation is Taysom Hill has shown little to no evidence that he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback that can uh, command a huddle, that can command a, an offense, uh, and uh, and put himself in a position to be a successful QB in this league. Um, so for the New Orleans Saints trying to do everything they can to uh, demonetize uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, or maybe – uh, lesser his uh, place of power with negotiation. Um, I say ice up, ice up. You know, ice up, son. Uh, if they let Teddy Bridgewater go, my last statement, that'll be something they regret for a decade. Yeah. So what Taysom Hill is saying is, don't fucking call me a gadget player. Call me a companion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. By the way, <laughs> Mohamed Sanu has better stats as a quarterback than Taysom Hill does. So. And- and you know what? He sucks as a wide receiver. Maybe he should be trying to take fucking Tom Brady's yeah. job. He's going to New yeah. Orleans. He's like, hey, guys, you think he's going to be a franchise yeah, quarterback? Yeah. You see Taysom Hill become a New Orleans franchise quarterback. I can become the Patriots franchise quarterback after Tom Brady leaves. I mean, you've seen me catch the ball, but have you seen me throw <laughs> this fucking Don't call me Gadget. I'm fucking Bill Belichick's companion, yeah. motherfucker. Cody, you know that Christian McCaffrey has one pass in the NFL, and he has better stats than I think he has two Taysom now. Does. Oh, does he have two? Either way, either way, he's fifty percent for sixty yards and a touchdown. That's better than Taysom Mill. All right, it's midnight. Let's get the fuck out of here. It's midnight. Uh, C three Panthers podcast Tuesday nights, nine p.m. till she said. Till That's what done. she said. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the guys, um, I'm at Cat underscore Chronicles. I know Draft Tech's coming out with a new mock draft. Cody, um, who'd you pick and where can they follow you? Yeah, so tomorrow I am previewing Derek Brown as our selection in a brand new mock draft that will be live on Draft Tech tomorrow. Go check it out. There is a, a second round pick for the Panthers. It's all seven rounds, um, so you don't have to just, uh, you know, you can Keep clicking, Muggs. Keep clicking. Yeah, that's it. Check out the draft. Um, let me know what you think about the players I have a selecting, 
and it'll be brand new every Wednesday on DraftTech.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, talking bullshit. Greg's got the Civil Servant Podcast, the Super Civil Servant Podcast, forgive me for the abbreviated name. Greg, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, <coughs> same way, man, at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter, or you can hit me up on my other show. It's uh, at SCS1, at SCS Podcast 1 on Twitter. Uh, we talk movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Right now we're doing Clone Wars and... We did a review on Birds of Prey last week, which if you haven't seen that movie, go check it out. It's a fun movie. Don't take your kids. Chasing Squirrels on that podcast. And CK, how can they follow you? You don't want to call from CK from work, but you want to follow him on Twitter. Yeah, follow me on Twitter for no other reason than I'm asking you to. Uh, It is at... uh, (laughs) That's what she said. At Codizzle Allen. Um, I have a question for uh, Greg, though. Did somebody else have the SCS podcast? And you had to add the one at the end? That's why I had to put one on there. Who, who, what, what was that other podcast? No idea. I just saw it was taken, and I was like, okay, I'll just add, one, add a one to it. Let's go find them. Oh, I know. Yeah, All beat them right. up. All right, that's the C3 Panthers it. podcast. We're out of here. Cody's, or Cody, everybody's got to go sleep. Y'all, take it easy. We'll see you next week. Keep pounding. I'm Batman. All right. We are (laughs) off the air. All right. (laughs) Thanks, fellas. All right. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.